and welcome to Infamous, the audio podcast. This is Brandon, or Mutilus, on the forum. And this is Parker, go by Dr. Mantis Toboggan on forums. Good God. <laughs> this is uh, Jermagar Constagon, clocking yeah. back in. <laughs> yeah. Doctor is in the house. He's back from out of space. I'm excited. Oh yeah, this is where I talk again. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, quick announcements. Uh, Parker, you have 34 episodes of probation remaining. Woo-hoo! That late episode really costed you. That clock is a ticking. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Parker, take us into it. News. It's news time. News, 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 news. All right, so we got some news today. Our favorite Dampier, uh, the uh, commander, or at least our first uh, leader for the Infinity Watch, we have cards. We have his card. And no, no I'm not going to say his name, but we all know it. It rhymes with Cade. Parker, it's your responsibility to read the card. Okay. His name is Eric Brooks. Okay. Uh, his, uh, <laughs> I never knew that, honestly. I have uh, no idea. That I did not, I did not either, because in all the movies, Chris Christopherson only calls him Blade. Whoops, I did it, but I don't care. <laughs> Uh, it was for the joke. Back to thirty-five. It was back to thirty-five. It was for the joke. Um, back to thirty-five, Parker. But Chris Christopherson only ever calls him that, which makes him wonder. But I, he never calls him Eric. So there you go. Um, Eric Brooks is uh, six health on both sides. He's four cost character. Um, he moves medium. He's got four physical defense, three energy, and four mystic. He's pretty tough uh, stats wise. Um, he has a katana that is not a physical attack. It is a mystic attack, which I love because, of course, it's well, made of silver because it's, it's silver and garlic. Yeah, yeah. That's why. I love it. I love that. Uh, after this attack, there's, there's, oh, so it's range two, five dice. Um, you get power for all the damage dealt. It automatically gives bleed, and it has pierce on a wild. Um, Question? Yes. Do, does, do you know that if the movies are actually accurate to the comic books, is his... Are his swords, like, magical in nature, maybe? And that's why it's mystic? And uh, we're just assuming that the movie was real? No, the, the movie is my favorite, like, version of the character. Um, right. Because of how awesome it is. Uh, I love yeah, those movies. Yeah, it's just, like, badass turned up to 11. Um, but I, I don't know how accurate it is. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I honestly... I've only ever seen him in comics, like, with other characters. Like, he shows up with mm-hmm. Spider-Man or Daredevil or Morbius or... Or he's an Avenger, actually, in recent comics. So, like, I've only I've never seen like a standalone comic of his. So I do not know if they are actually magical or not. I thought they were okay. just swords, but so that's that's my thought. Either it's because they're they're silver, which means they work against vampires, uh, or well, silver silver works like against enchanted... werewolves. Enchanted, yeah. it works against vampires too. That does it? Is it special against vampires? Yeah, I don't. I did not know that. What did? That's like the whole premise of the movie. No. Like, like silver beats vampires. Looks like literally how they kill them at the end. Oh, that's right, because anyway. the silver the silver dust. The silver, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. Anyway. I, I just looked it up. Silver is seen as p- uh, uh, effective against impure forces of any kind. So anything unholy, mm-hmm. silver is good against. Yeah. Okay. That's why the joke is silver bullets. Like, oh, right. I'm like a monster hunter. So you silver bullets. You're like, well, there's more to it than that. It's like, so you silver bullets. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, I always <laughs> get silver associated with werewolves. Mm-hmm. Um, because the movie Silver Bullet. Yeah. Anyway, um, I just like '80s feel-good movies about kids in wheelchairs. So that's go. why I like Mac, Mac and Me, and uh, Silver Bullet. <laughs> 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 
Every time I think every time I think of Mac and Me, I think of the 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 uh, McDonald's uh, commercial. Yeah, Paul Rudd on Conan O'Brien. Yeah. That's what I think of. <laughs> I loved when they edited in all the Ant Man stuff. Yeah, <laughs> they fucking CGI'd in Ant Man to Mac and Me. Yeah, so he could play it on the fucking show. Yeah. It was so good. If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, you should just Google Paul Rudd pranks Conan. Yeah, it's great. Um, so his second attack is actually a physical attack. So these must not be silver. They're throwing glaives, range four, uh, four dice, and he gets a power for doing it, and it has bleed on a wild. And then finally, his coolest attack, another uh, mystic attack, Knight of the Dampier. Uh It is uh, range three, seven dice, four uh, uh, cost. If the target character has bleed already, you can reroll any number of dice. It also gives bleed, and after this attack is resolved, the character may advance medium. That's a lot of cool stuff for four, uh, if the person's already bleeding. So, the first thing yeah. I thought of is, obviously, he can do it himself if you hit him with the katana, or if you get the wild on the throwing glaives, so he doesn't need anybody to help, but anybody else that gives bleed could be cool. Uh, I was thinking somebody like... Uh, um, Drax could be funny, because they, they both get to reroll stuff on bleed. Helping each other, being bleed buddies. I think it'd be funny. Are there any other fun ways to get bleed other than just getting hit by a by a knife in this game? I think it's about it, right? Uh, there's a lot of ways you can give out bleed. Are you talking about ways without attacking people? Yeah. Hold on, Richard. For some reason, is spam messaging me. I don't think. I think the only way is just to get cut by somebody with a sword. Or something. No, there's other ways. Um, well, actually, now that I say that, uh, I think Whims of Chaos might not give out bleed. Let's say that's one way you can hand out effects without... Um... Oh, burn effects. Yeah, anything that causes burns also is like a bleed, so I'm pretty sure... Mm -hmm. But it also could cause incinerate now, but... Um, the... Yeah. No, uh, Whims of Chaos does not do bleed. It only does incinerate. Crystal does... Which... Crystal, I think, does incinerate only. I don't think she does a bleed. Yeah. I don't know if anybody does bleed without attacking you. Hmm. I know, I mean, obviously there's a lot of attacks that do bleed, but... Mm -hmm. um, Hawkeye is one of the best ones. Yeah, Hawkeye's a good one. Oh, there you go. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. he has to attack you, but yeah, it's, it's still good. <laughs> it's easy to get out fast. You get shot by Hawkeye, and then you run away. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I googled glaive because I wanted to make sure I'm not like going crazy. But do you guys know what a glaive is? Uh huh. Okay. Um. So explain to me what a throwing glaive is. Yeah, I was I'm not aware that these were thrown weapons. Right. So a glaive it's like is like thrown a spear. chain throwing chainsaw. You're like, is that different than a normal <laughs> chainsaw? I don't. I don't understand. Right. So a glaive is like a polearm weapon it's usually like a long yeah, it looks like a machete on the end of a stick yeah yes it's a heavy bladed sword on the end of a staff mm -hmm. uh they're not generally thrown at people i think the joke is they're referencing the movie kroll which had the glaive in it which was basically a 
uh, eight-pointed throwing star that had little daggers on each point. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is basically just a modified version. Because in the movie, he has a double-bladed one. It's basically got a handle in the middle and then two curved daggers on each end. Yeah, he, it, it, he throws it Yes, he throws it like a batarang. Yeah, it, it, I believe it does it in the famous uh, nightclub scene, right? Does he throw it? He does, it yeah. In, in like it, he it throws it and it like comes back to him. Yeah. I think it's 100% like just that. I don't know... Yeah. If it's in the I think someone movie. saw the movie Kroll and was like, that's badass. Put that glaive in our movie. And he's like, you know that's not a glaive, right? And he's like, shut up. Like, that well, was basically how the, the situation went. They call it a throwing glaive because it's basically a short pole with, like, the butcher knives it's on the very, end. Very, very short pole. A very short it's pole. Like three inches you long. Could say, you could say it's just a really short glaive. Okay, so how do you explain the the machetes that are only two I don't think long? I don't think we need to go any further in our analysis. I think we could just stop at I'm short. Pretty sure short, short throwing okay. glaive is what the technical term probably. I'm just super psyched that we managed to uh, reference Kroll in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Just ten stars. Yeah, I mean, people talk about how Spaceballs was a ripoff of Star Wars. Kroll was a ripoff of Star Wars. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like a hundred percent, the Mel Brooks movie is a mockumentary of like it's it's a spoof of Star Wars, obviously, but that's obviously parody. Like Kroll was legitimately just trying to move in on their space. Like we got a hairy guy, and he's strong too, and he's like our co-pilot. Like what is happening? Our plucky good guy is has to get the weapon to defeat the bad guy, and you're like I don't know what's happening. Like it's this weird combination of like fucking. Wizard of Oz and Star Wars. I was like, I don't know what's happening. Oh, man. At the time, it was amazing. That's all I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I've known some people that were huge Die Hard Kroll fans. I'm like, what the fuck is happening? All right. Blade is... Uh, you, can we Blade? Go, go ahead and finish up the card. Okay. So, uh... He has uh, the affiliate, you know, the affiliation for the Midnight Suns, a leadership ability that we've talked about, Bump of the Night. So, once per turn, uh... Any allied character's activation, it can spend one power. If it does, place that character within one of its current position. So we can place within one. We talked a little bit about that last time. Uh, a new power we didn't know about, which I love so much, Half-Blood Physiology. Uh, for one power, this character immediately performs a shake action. Oh, I just love that. Uh, not bad. Um, hold on a second. Let me check. Continue uh, talking about this, though. Okay. Uh, the first thing I thought was, does that remove stagger? Uh, yes, it does. Because stagger says... Is you, it confirmed? or It is, is confirmed. Okay. Cool. That's really cool. For our first character who is, if he has his power, he's functionally immune to one effect on him. Uh, Did they clarify why it breaks timing? Uh, no. It was just ruled that way and closed. Okay. Because the wording on stacker is when the character activates, it must spend a f- its first action to shake. And so my understanding would be you, as soon as you activate stagger triggers, so you don't have an opportunity to use an ability. But I wish they would clarify the reasoning for that then. If we're going to do these dumbass reroll rules, then they need to at least follow the timing chart. I don't know. It, it gets me every time. There's a lot of timing stuff popping up in the forums now. There's a lot of just... it. it there seems to be a lot of this, it works this way, just go with it, kind of like timing explanations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I get that it's like intended to work this way, but if you're not going to change the wording, but then you're also going to like enforce dumb timing on shit that shouldn't happen, it just, it just seems confusing to me. 
I wonder if we're going to get like a big uh, errata document soon or something. There seems to be a lot of these little ones that need to be cleaned up. For true. Um, Next. Another ability that uh, we didn't know about, Supernatural Senses for two power when this character is defending against a physical or mystical, so no energies, but if it's a physical or mystical, after rolling its defense dice, it may use the superpower. The character then re-rolls any number of its defense dice, including uh, uh, skulls. So he can re-roll skulls if it's a physical or mystic attack for two powers. Pretty cool. Is it just me, or is mystic be- or energy becoming even more important to have in your list? It seems like energy attacks are getting better and better. Yeah, there are a lot of characters that seem to be getting... I mean, Mysterio, Carnage, and this guy are all like noticeably weaker against energy. Mm-hmm. They're making We're... sure that Wolverine never gets played again. That's what they're doing. Well, Wolverine isn't weak to energy. No, but everybody has Mystic. Oh. <laughs> oh, you mean... I'm? Well, that's on offense. I'm just talking about defense. Like, I feel like... But, like, Psychic is the worst damage type because there's so many people that are basically immune to it. Like, how many people have a Mystic Defense of five? It's crazy. It's a weird number. Mm-hmm. We have our f- we have one character in the game with a defensive stat over four that isn't Mystic, and it's Carnage, who is one one in the other two. Mm-hmm. And there's like seven or eight people that have like Mystic five or better, or Mystic six. A lot of them are Mystic six. Yeah, there's multiple Mystic six people, and a lot of those people also have extra defensive abilities. Right. Mm-hmm. It's really weird how hard it is to hurt like a lot of the characters in the game with mm-hmm. Mystic. And a lot of those characters are also premium characters. Like they're the really good ones. You see a bunch. Yeah. I think there's actually more characters with Mystic above four than below three. Which is nuts. Anyway, go ahead and do uh, the rest of his stuff. His uh, very last one is a, a passive power, Vampiric Immortality. They mentioned this um, in the panel to play. It didn't really specify it but this is how it works at the end of his activation he always gains one power and removes the damage for each other character within two that has bleed so if you can get bleed splashed all around him he really does a lot of uh, healing and extra power yeah I, I like this ability it's good that it happens at the end of his activation that was the only thing we weren't sure about in yeah. the uh, spoilers yeah, I really like I really like it a lot. I think it's super cool. Jeremy, do you have an overall mouthfeel on Blade? Uh very, very, very strong uh four threat character. We haven't had one of these in a long time. Like this guy is yeah, very balanced. He's a yeah, like he can throw some offense, he's got some cool cool stuff in his kit. He can uh hold his own against pretty much anybody. And he's got a really good leadership. I mean, what more do you want from a four? I mean, this guy's this guy's pretty pretty tight. Yeah, the only possible downside I see to him is the uh, lack of mobility, which he obviously has bump in the night if he's running the um, Midnight Suns. But I'm not sure if that's going to be enough to deliver him. Uh, it's mainly, though, the, the only having a weakness to energy is pretty strong because there's not that many energy damagers that are going to hit you before you get in and do your stuff. Yeah, I like him. I think he's good. I, I, I also really like that he he just gets a lot of passive just goodness from doing the thing he already does, which is calls, cause a lot of bleed. In this game, there's a ton of bleed. We talk about how there's a lot of bleed in the game, but 
you have to wait for the next turn for bleed to do something. It is a pretty strong effect because not everybody will shake it, and against some certain characters, the, it's amazing because you know they'll start getting dollared to death if they're really defensive. But um, the fact that bleed also is in rerolling his big attack, healing, getting extra power just from being around that is another way to capitalize on that bleed effect. I like debuffs in this game, and they're not uh, super prevalent, but I, I like one more character who makes you know pun penalizes your opponent for leaving their debuffs up. Cool. Yeah, I agree. I think I think that's a really cool interaction. All right, what is up next, Parker? Next is, I believe in, in terms of timing, it was uh, the Ancient One. So one of the things we were uh, going to talk about real fast as a, a segue before we get into the Ancient One, um, they've changed panel play. Uh, panel plays used to be just uh, blurbs, of non-specifically, sometimes capitalizing, sometimes not. Uh, information about characters, and it was kind of difficult to discern, you know, the accuracy of them. So they did, went ahead and did away with that, and now they're doing panel plays with exactly the same old fluffy stuff, and then they're just putting the cards in there. So well, start... at least that's what they've done this week. Yes. So starting with the ancient one, at least, hopefully forever. I would love this to be just the way it works. The ancient one, we got his panel play and his cards at the same time. So for the sake of the fact that the panel plays, you know, we're just looking for the information about it anyway. We're just going to go straight to his card. So. Um, Ancient One's card. Uh, my favorite, uh, a new, uh, perhaps my new favorite, uh, uh, alter ego. The Ancient One's alter ego is the Ancient One. Uh, <laughs> Solid. Might be, might be my new favorite alter ego. We have to do a new top three list. Yeah. Um, he is, or he, she, he's androgynous. I'm not exactly yeah, sure. Yeah, we don't know which character they're referencing. Right. But because the clothing and uh, face seem to match the MCU version, I'm actually assuming it's a woman. Yeah. Um, but I like to assume things. So right. Whatever. Um, anyway, he, she, uh, we're not sure. I don't know that that's the best way to approach this. Part. Okay. <laughs> I'll say the end. It, the androgynous, the it. ancient one, the ancient one. Yeah, <laughs> Parker's just stepping on some fucking landmines today. He's like a bulldozer. I do not here. think. I do not think I'm. Out, I don't think I'm out of line here when I do not understand the sex, the gender of this thing. So I don't want to assume. I don't want to assume. Um, we got thing. We got it. We it got says it. her. This is this is amazing. Where does where, it say her? Where? Uh, rely on the physical strength the of panel? her. Oh, there it is. To it, in the panel place, it's her. We did it. Use there the words. Okay. When you assume, Parker makes an ass out of himself. That's, that's not. That's happens. not how you spell assume. That's not how you spell assume. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Parker isn't assume. That's not how you spell well, assume. I'll find it. All right. So she has six <laughs> six health on both sides. She's a four cost character. She moves medium. Uh, she has two physical defense, three energy defense, and five mystic defense. Again, another character with huge mystic defense. Um, she has three mystic attacks. The first one is range two, five dice. She gets power. And it has Pierce and a Wild. Um, the second one is a three uh, dice. Sorry, a uh, three range, four dice. She gets one power for doing it. And if the attack deals damage, uh, the target character gains poison. And then the last uh, attack is range two also. Eight dice for four power. The defending character does not add crit results to its success and cannot roll additional dice because of crits. Also, if the attack deals damage, it is uh, the target immediately gets staggered. 
So I would like to say at this point, when reading the card the first time, is when I started paying attention. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> up to this point, I was like, blah, 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 wizard lady, blah, 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 robes. But what? Stagger automatically and no crits. You have my attention. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this is a very, very good attack. Yeah. Also, uh, very interesting. It's range two. Mm-hmm. Um, not a lot. Of, I don't know how many spender attacks there are in the game that aren't range three. There's almost all that are uh, range three. No, there's a lot of twos. Uh, there are a higher percentage of attacks that are range three of the spenders than of the strikes, but there are a lot of spending short range attacks. Um, I do want to say about the things of Farlan, uh, Farlan, Farlan. I don't know how you say it. Farla. Anyway, it's an H. Farla. Yeah. Is it an H? Okay, it's yeah. really blurry on my mm-hmm. screen. Uh, so it's the Farlay, right? Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. Okay, things of Farlay. Okay, yeah. it just looks like an N on my screen. It, it's the, it's right. the same as the, the, the yeah, mists yeah. or whatever. Right, right. Uh, that's Vapors of Valtor. Oh, yeah, so which one is the Farla? Uh, it is the Pentagram of Farla. That's right, Pentagram, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so these are the things of Faraway. <laughs> and then... Uh, so anyway, about the things of Farlay attack. Uh, if this attack deals damage, you get poison. Poison actually is very annoying for most characters, because they don't generate multiple power. So that one power a turn sometimes is a lot. Um, and it's a long-term effect that people aren't going to generally shake. And so you can actually... This might be a really good character to kind of add into that, like, Asgardian, like, stall list where you don't really attack people. Because getting poison out on those people in a mission where they have to interact with objectives is very punishing. Mm. I do want to say, though, also... Uh, poison because we we haven't really had a lot of characters do poison that I don't think people have realized how good it is. Also, though, there are three times more people immune to poison than any other effect. It feels like yeah, like everyone seems to be immune to poison. All the Hulks, all the Inhumans, all the robots. It's very annoying. Yeah, actually, I don't know that the robots are immune to poison. Uh, if you have a cybernetic part, you're pretty much immune to humans. Immune to poison. Immune to humans. humans. <laughs> immune to humans. Easy there, Ultron. <laughs> uh, I think even Cable is immune to poison because he has a middle arm, I think. Remember is correctly. he? Pretty sure he that is. That does not sound right. Uh, I right. was staring at his card uh, the other day, and I'm pretty sure it says, yep, immune to poison. Well, he is immune to poison. That's probably because the techno virus, though, right? Uh, yeah, because viruses make you immune to poison. It's because he has a metal arm, I think. <laughs> <laughs> It's an obvious. Because obvious. make you immune <laughs> to poison. <laughs> Don't be stupid. I've heard, I heard if you get chicken pox, that you is just drink bleach. <laughs> greatest response. Ultron is immune to poison. Yeah. I, is, Iron Man's not, though, right? But he's he's obviously just in a suit. He's a, he's yeah, robot. he's a man. So if you get the poison through the eye slits, he's, he's done yeah, for. Yeah, you get him through get the him eye little slits. <laughs> I like to imagine Viper just walks up and spits ass in his <laughs> face. He's like, my eyes! And just crumbles. But if but if he does with Cable, Cable blocks it with his metal arm. And then how, yeah. how do you stop it? Because his arm is metal. can't be poisoned. I'm pretty sure it's the mastery of his own body through the uh, the resistance to the techno virus. Mm, I'm pretty sure have, it's the, the if single just metal a metal arm. arm gives you immune to poison, <laughs> but a fully encased suit with life support doesn't. I refute your statement. Uh, like, pretty, I'm pretty confident. I will come to your house. The logic in this game clearly shows. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway, continue with the abilities, please. The ancient one. Uh, she has the Miss of Hogoth, which is uh, two power. Place this character within two of its current position, only used once. Um, so she has uh, her own place, which is super cool. She's more mobile than Blade. Uh-huh. 
Wands of Wat- oh, sorry, Winds of Watoom, which is a playoff of Wands of Watoom, which is a famous uh, relic in the Marvel Universe. Uh, cost three, when this character is targeted by an attack, it may use the superpower, push the attacking character towards her short. So when she is attacked, she pulls people towards her, which is really interesting. Yeah, uh, that will become obvious later. Yeah. Continue. The last one. Uh, sorry, second to last one. Um, Keeper of the Eye of Akamoto. So before Strange got it, so did uh, she had it, and it's a permanent passive. When this character is making a defense or dodge roll, it may reroll up to two of its defense or dodge dice. Additionally, during the power phase, she gains an extra power. And then this combined with the last one, which is Martial Artist, which we know if she's attacked with a physical or energy within range two, she can add blanks. So uh, the thing about the Winds of a Tomb to remember is it's when this character is targeted by an attack. So it's not after the attack resolves. So if somebody is attacking her from uh, far enough away where Martial Artist would not proc, if she has enough power, she can Winds and Watoom them towards her and then she'll get benefit of martial artists as well as the eye of keeper of the eye of Agamotto to reroll dice. So she will, even though she only has two physical defense, she dodges more often than she should. Um, yeah. One of those characters that basically you should expect her to usually dodge one or two. Um, but she'll, but if your opponent, you know, explodes dice on her, she will, you know, you'll not be able to, you know, she's not going to, she's probably not going to get, you know, two crits. Um, on the two dice. Uh, I do want to say I think it's very important they did not give her the ability to reroll skulls. Uh, That obviously would have been much stronger Mm -hmm. uh, on this character than other characters. Um, Yeah, I think she's really interesting. I think the thing that people are going to use her for eventually is going to be much more like a Mysterio model, where it's more of a scenario piece than a combat model. Mm Because her Winds of Batum is actually fairly similar excuse me, to uh, Tricks and Traps on Mysterio, where if you move up to him, he gets to maybe move away from you. As where this is kind of just in reverse. If you're standing on a point and you attack me, I can pull you off the point. Mm-hmm. And so if it's your second action, that's going to mess up your scenario. Um, and then I can just move back to the point. Or if I move you off the point, then you have to use your second action to walk back to it. It's very inefficient for you. And I get to use martial artists during that ability. And remember, you don't have to pull them only if they're, like, really far away. It doesn't say if they're outside of range, too. Right. You can push people through yourself. So if you're both standing on a point and they punch you, you just drag them to the other side of you. Wait. And now they're off the point you're not. Oh, that's right, because it says push the attacking card towards this yeah. character. But in this game, yeah. towards can mean Push past. Pushing and throwing follow the same mechanics. The only difference is throwing causes collisions and breaks stuff. And so, uh, it, yeah, and in this game, when you push or throw somebody, you ignore the, the, the model doing the throw or push. And so, like, Spider-Man can webline you through himself. He just flips you to the other side. Mm-hmm. And so she can pull people through herself off the point. I actually, I think she's going to be a really, really annoying scenario piece. I actually really like her as a four-cost drop-in maybe to uh, mm-hmm. um, Web Warriors. I like her a lot. I think, I think if she, not only is she, like you said, a really sticky scenario piece, uh, Web Warriors doesn't like kind of standing on places, because they can get eaten, but if she is re-rolling so many dice and re-rolling skulls, and then also mm-hmm. messing with your opponent during their turn, I think it's going to be one more 
if you have the points to play a four point cost character out of the faction, yeah. um, and you're playing Miles, I think she could be a really cool piece for that. I'm excited to play her for for that reason right now because I'm looking at web. Yeah, I don't think she's actually gonna be that survivable. The physical def like deficit she has on defense is mm-hmm. noticeable. Like mm-hmm. only having two dice, meaning that like, what is that? That's like seventy percent of a t- of defends usually she'll max out at two defends Mm -hmm. that's not a big number and i know that that's a really really consistent two but it's i don't think it's gonna be enough like she's gonna she's gonna get hit by how many times does like wolverine roll in and do seven like like yeah it's not likely but she's just dead like you can't survive that let alone like dodge rolls right like she gets to re-roll the dodge rolls but she doesn't defend on them Mm -hmm. she doesn't get the blanks she right. wouldn't get to re-roll with um, great responsibility. She wouldn't get to re-roll skulls on those. Um, yeah. So like, you, she definitely has a vulnerability, but mm-hmm. she is very survivable for a six health four point model. That is definitely true. But she's not like Thanos crazy. Like she's not gonna be like Magneto and just bounce attacks randomly. No. Uh, she is interesting that she doesn't get pecked to death very easily. So rapid yeah. like rapid fire weapons are gonna struggle against her, and um. Uh, uh, and also big mystic attacks, right? Like Modox, you know, without him, yeah. do, without doing his buying attack, like he's going to have a hard time hurting her very hard. Yes. But mm-hmm. there are lot there are lots of there are lots of really cool things that she could. But it, she is I I she's one hundred percent like matchup dependent. I think with her defense, yeah. she's not just fours across the board. You know, come at me, bro. But I really I was talking about this earlier. I really really like characters that I can say when I roll my dice, I'm not going to spike to to six, but I'm always going to get. Two, I really like that character because um, I feel like I like I love consistency out of my models where the dice plays less of a role. So that's what I like about the ancient one. Let's get uh, let's move to uh, I-, I thought the ancient one was cool. I was really excited about the Midnight Suns releases and then Baron Mordo, right? So Baron Mordo, he is Carl Baron Mordo. Yep, Carl, Carl. Amadeus Mordo. Um, Carl Amadeus Mordo. Yeah, oh, well, re- gotta remember he was actually a baron, right? Like he's he's from mm-hmm. Western Europe. So Carl Amadeus is not that weird for a Germanic uh, a noble. Um, I guess. So uh, Mordo is a little weird, but there we go. Um, all right, I have not read this card at all, so this is gonna be all new. Ooh, to me. Here we go. Uh, he has six health on the front side, five on the back. Otherwise, he's identical. Um, he has move medium. Uh, size two. He is three cost. He has two physical defense, four energy, and four mystic. Uh, he has three mystical attacks. The first is the Staff of the Living Tribunal. It is a range three, four dice attack that gets in power and has a wild push for size two or less. Meh. Then he has the Bolts of Bishrew. It is a range four attack with four dice. He automatically gains one power for doing it, and it has hex on a wild. And Meh. and then finally, the last one, the reigns of Ragador, which is a four cost for a range seven die attack with burning rain. After this attack is resolved, the target character gains incinerate and poison. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Not crazy, but pretty cool. Um. Then we get into his powers. I, I he he's, feels like a support piece, and here's where they show up. Um, power number one: zero cost action. Master of the occult. This character gains two power. Mm-hmm. 
Same as vision, basically. Yep. Uh, second, soul barb. Two cost as well. Choose an enemy character within range three of him with one or more of the following conditions. Either hex, incinerate, poison, or slow. You can have more than one. Choose one of these special conditions on that character. Each enemy character within two of the enemy gains the chosen special condition. So basically, Ooh. it's a corpse explosion. It spreads. Yeah it's, yeah, it's a spread. It's a contagion, right? You take mm-hmm. one of their negative abilities and you make it on everyone, which is cool. That's pretty cool. It is cool because also if he if he has seven, sorry, if he has six power, he can runes of Ragador, uh, uh, and mm-hmm. and he'll automatically yes. give them incinerate and poison. So you could pick one of those to then explode to everyone else. So, um, he could at least... Oh, and it, oh, it spreads all, not one. Each enemy character within a, two gains choose the chosen. One or, no, choose one or more of the following. And then... No, no. Choose an oh, enemy character that has one or more. Then choose I one of them. See. So it, it just spreads the one. Okay. Right. That would have been pretty strong. Yeah. Spreads the one. Um... Then he has, uh, I think you'll like the name of this one, Brandon, Ferocity of Sidorak. That's a nod to our friend the Juggernaut. Um, That uh, it's a two-cost power. Uh, It reads kind of funny, but it makes sense uh, afterwards. When another allied character within range three of this character targets an enemy character with an attack, this character may use a superpower. So basically, it's a reaction. If he has an ally that's within three of him that's about to do an attack, Mm -hmm. then the attacking character will add two dice to its attack roll. After the attack is resolved, the attacking character suffers one damage. This superpower may be used only once per turn. For those of you who don't know, Juggernaut is uh, the character Juggernaut is powered by the Gem of Sidorak, the Jewel of Sidorak. Mm-hmm. Sidorak is a demon in the Netherworld who's all about bleeding, destruction, the the yeah, entropy. He's the god of destruction, yeah. basically. And so he loves to see things blow up, and it doesn't matter who bleeds. It could be his followers or the, the person they're attacking. So yeah. in this case, it's both, right? You get two extra he, dice to do more damage, but then you also take damage because it's Sidorak doing it for you. Yeah, for you uh, 40k fans, he's basically corn. Yes. So this is a really cool power. It gives you two dice on an attack, and you suffer one damage. Um... The first... So I like that this is in addition to potential tactics cards. Mm-hmm. Like if you do blind obsession and you stack the ferocity on top of it, then uh, and then also you might do like a what's it called um, death decree. You're potentially adding eight dice to an attack, and depending on who is attacking, that might be very impactful. Mm-hmm. That that could be pretty cool. Also, anybody who has regeneration. Anybody who yeah regrets. exactly any of the X Factor guy or X yeah. Weapon X guys is like yeah sure yeah. Deadpool will take one to roll like nine dice on an AOE attack right so he can actually roll you can get a lot of dice and all the X for all the regenerators are, are you know have big nukes um, mm-hmm. uh, so it, it's really cool that you can basically make this the cost of it quote unquote free except for his two power my favorite thing about the Ferocity of Sidorak is it just happens he's just standing mm-hmm. there. And it's whenever somebody else attacks. So he's not targeting an enemy within a certain range. He doesn't have to go first like uh, uh, like the dog who has to actually target somebody and then the, the attacks get bonuses. Like, it's just if he's standing there and he has two power and somebody around him is attacking, then you get it. If you want, Jeremy, what do you think about these? Um, man, this is just one of those guys you just want to pull forward uh, short and kill him. Like he has to die, and I think he's probably pretty easy to go down. But oh, that's funny that does, you mentioned. It. It's funny that you mentioned that because his last power, uh, 
the vaulting boots of Valtor, which is on his model, which is super cool, the ones in the movie, uh, for two power. After this character is pushed, he may use it. After the effect is resolved, he gets to advance short. Mm-hmm. So as long as he has which two is... power, if you push him to try to kill him, he'll just go back. Well, only on a push, though. Like, he still gets thrown and placed. And advanced. A- and advanced, yeah. It only stops one of the four controls. But yeah, it is, it is nice. Uh, let's see, he's five health in the back, six on the front. 11 hit points. Uh, he's definitely getting played. This guy seems very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, his attacks are not actually that scary. He's kind of a, just a support model uh-huh. until you get a bunch of power, which obviously he can get power quickly, but... I think... Uh, yeah, so I think this is very interesting. I actually... I really like this guy. He seems... Rather than a... He, he is one of our very first, like... Uh, uh, debuff supports like this cl- very clearly debuff support right he's the only buff he gets to his, his ferocity of Sidorak is, is kind of a buff because you're getting offensive but again you're just doing more oh. damage he's all about offensive support rather than defensive support yeah. we have a lot of off- defensive support in this game he's the very first I think like super offensive support because even his po- even his powers all of them are just like push so you can move people to get more attacks mm-hmm. or hex or you know, incinerate and poison. All those are just, you know, inc- increasing the likelihood. I actually like that he has three attacks. I like that they're all at ranged. All almost every other like support model yeah. in this game, you have to be within range two, and you do five dice, and that's it. Like, could I? He's a wizard. He throws shit at people. Right, but he's also like, a support here. model. I love it. I made this fiery ball of death catch. Um, yeah, I know you guys are gonna... It'll be interesting to see what yeah. happens. He, he's going to get played. I know you guys you guys are probably going to get a little mad at me, but the first thing I thought was, ooh, two physical defense, but he does have a lot of two-cost powers. Hmm. Perhaps Captain America has a new buddy, perhaps. I don't know if he does anything for Cap. But oh, I don't think he's spent seven points on support with Cap. No. Now, I do think that this is true, though. We've seen a lot of these Midnight Suns guys lately, and we're pretty sure that, that Doc 2 is going to be another a second leader for them, right? Well, we're hoping kind of perhaps. I mean, but that's kind of the ex- expectation, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's not guaranteed. We're not like truly expecting, but like we're kind of leaning that direction, right? Well, it makes sense if they use what the canon of the comics. It makes mm-hmm. sense. How is that? Like, how is Doctor Strange going to be in a faction and not or in an affiliation, and not be the leader, right? Like, mm-hmm. that just seems odd, right? He's too important for like you know this black yellow hunter guy to want to go out and be in charge like mm-hmm. like it's gotta be dr strange he looks too cool to not be a leader i i do not understand how they made the dompier um the leader <laughs> the i don't leader. understand because he's he, in no canon i've ever heard of has he ever led anybody anywhere he's always a solo artist um well it might be for the new movie coming out who knows maybe like i it's gotta tie in right because we've got the the blade tv shows coming and then mm-hmm. we've got the multiverse of madness movie coming out and so I assume a lot of this stuff's being pulled from there. Because, mm-hmm. like, we got the MCU Ancient One. We got the MCU Mordo. We got the MCU Strange. Like, all of this is basically pulled right out of the movies. And so I can only imagine these are mostly references to the new movie stuff. Because mm-hmm. you got to remember, the movies got delayed by, like, a year and a half. But the models had to keep coming out. Like, the game would die if they didn't keep producing their stuff. So I think the game is, like, a year ahead of the movies right now. So I think these are things we probably wouldn't actually be seeing until the movie would have been out already. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the the reason I brought all this up is because I think 
that a lot of these characters are very interesting and technical and like definitely have a designed role on the field. And so I think a lot of them seem pretty well tuned, but they're all like missing one thing, I think, is that, which is designed to be that way. So if the second leadership for these guys comes out and it's really good for all of them, that might kind of tip them into like the really strong category. And so that's what I'm excited to see. If Strange is also a leader, I want to know what his leadership is. Because on kits like these, like, some stuff is really, like, like some power discounting. Like, what if he had, like, Cap's leadership? Like, I know that's not likely they would just reprint another leadership. But, like, what if he had something similar to that? Some kind of, like, power discounting or something. That could be really strong. Oh, Baron Mordo could definitely be an Avenger, I think, at this point. Anybody could. He could, but what if he didn't have to be? Because Strange was. Right. Anyway. Weird. Or what if he just had, like, uh, Black Bolt's leadership? Like, mm-hmm. where you just hand power around, and now Mordo's fueling your whole team. Like, also, that could be crazy. Also, I don't know, Mordo in the MCU is very much kind of a an anti-hero, right? He, mm-hmm. he, was, he was kind of a, a, he was very much a, he was a diehard believer in, like, the true faith, and then the Ancient One, you know, rocked his trust, and so now he's kind of warped. But in the comics, he's just an asshole. Like he's yeah. he's just a straight evil asshole. He's just an evil wizard, right? Yeah. So Mordo in this game, he might just he may not even be a Midnight Sun in this game. He might just be a another Cabal member. Um, I think it one would more be like Cabal Hela. member for the Pyre. Yeah, I think it'll be like Hella, where they just put it in. They'll just be a, a, a niche enough faction that all of them are going to be in. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like Hella's an Asgardian. Like she doesn't fight for Asgard. Like she's a villain. Yeah. Kind of. She's more like a force of nature. I could actually see that. I... Yeah, but at no point was she ever allied with Asgard, really, right? Like, way, way back in the ancient times before Thor. Like, yeah, are we counting get... that? And when you read the, when you read the like, the Norse stuff, she's definitely not a good guy, right? She's... Yeah. And so, like, Loki and her, and this was, like, the, the starter Loki, which I'm pretty sure is supposed to be, like, the evil Loki's in Cabal. Like, no. he's the Avengers 1 Loki, I'm pretty sure. Right. And so, he's in Asgard. Like, I think anytime you have, like, a niche faction, they're just going to heap everybody in it, and it uh. doesn't matter. It's basically going to be all the wizard people are in this faction. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Wong and other Doctor uh, Strange make it in. Uh, hell, to be fair, if Baron Mordo does make it to Cabal, he'd actually be pretty damn good in a Red Skull Cabal, I think. I think he would... He's got, he's got, maybe he's got, I mean, a ra- he fits the theme, right? And he's also got the range four attack to gain two power twice and then start doing his thing. Like he get a lot more power than you think really quick. Uh, only if he damages with his four dice attack, which is, you know, no, not unlikely, true. but it's not guaranteed. That's true. And I, and again, he doesn't need the power. Like, does he need to make two four dice attacks? Like just gain the four power if that's, that's what you want. That's, that's, he only do that once per turn. You can only gain once. Oh, is it limited? Oh, okay. Right. I think Synthesoid is not limited on Vision. Let me check, because I said they were the same earlier. Synthesoid is not limited, so no. Synthesis. So, yeah, you can... This is not as good as Synthesis. Mm-hmm. Robots superior to magic facts. But he can still... He can spend one action to gain two, and then do mm-hmm. the bolts anyway. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited. I think these guys are going to be fun. I like very intricate, complicated kits like this where there's lots of options, but you have to line everything up. I also love they're Baron. All, they're all very complicated for sure. Altogether, they're going to be a mess. I actually love Baron's uh, model too. He's jumping on the oh 
with the boots. <laughs> I thought you were like, I love barons. Like, in I general. Know. I love <laughs> I love how It's like, there are two barons in this game. There are two. I do like both There's, of them. There's uh, one king and two princes, right? Yeah. And well, it depends, on what, it depends on what no, fluff. Thor is kind of a king, too. Yeah, he becomes a king, but the Thor we got is Prince of Asgard. Yeah. Uh, All right. Uh, <laughs> so I think we're done with this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. Did we get Mordo's cards? That's what or I is this just his character card? Oh, uh, we did not have his... Yeah, we only have his character cards. We don't have... Okay. As far as we know, we don't have any taxes cards from anybody yet. I Just the way you wrote it in the in the document made me think we had cards. Okay. Cool. Well, that was the fun news. Did you guys enjoy the news? I liked it a lot. I'm excited. Lots of news. Jeremy, are you excited? Um, very excited. You're you're like three volume in a gin and tonic excited. Yes. He's very excited. Like, Kroll. I don't like the fucking wizards, man. I like Blade. I like wizards. Uh, I'm also excited. Unfortunately, this is going to be a flavor of the month no-go for me, but I'm actually kind of excited to play some Spider-Foes, and I know that's not going to happen because everyone's going to be playing Spider-Foes for like a month. Uh, Do you think this is actually... uh, Around here, yes. I don't think in a normal setting that would be true, but between you, Parker, and like other people, yeah, I think it's going to... Or not you, Parker, you and Richard and and some other people. It's going to be Spider-City for a while, so I'll probably just keep playing Brotherhood in the meantime. Well, if I ever get my amazing Spider-Man, that's all I that that will be my. Oh, did I tell you? Uh, we're we're gonna get all the normal ones, but yours was delayed again. No, no, just yeah. mine. Just yours. I knew. All right. So, what are you guys currently playing? Uh, Jeremy isn't playing stuff because he doesn't care. Uh, Parker is wanting to play Web Warriors, and I am no, playing. I, I play games. I played uh, sure Little Cap. I played a couple. I play Captain Sam. Oh, that's right. I forgot. We played that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I played Magneto. Because, like, one is one to do. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't win. I beat Magneto with Captain you Sam. You did beat Magneto. I beat... I Actually, I beat your list with a ridiculous Wolverine turn. That's what I beat it with. It was, it was a really good Wolverine turn. Uh... I do. I am a little sour towards the end there because I almost pulled it out. Mm-hmm. I had Red Skull use the cube to place himself, and then threw the Kamehameha at Cap or Sam he, Falcon was, in this yeah. game. Yeah, and he so he threw. He had Dark Rain up. I threw a Unleash the Cube at Sam with Dark Rain up. Zero hits. Mm-hmm. That was really nice. <laughs> I was very sad. <laughs> And then I go on to one-shot two characters over the next turn. Yep. I was like, all right, whatever, this game's over. Like, So he does a bunch of damage to Red Skull, my turn. I one-shot Luke Cage <laughs> with the cube by throwing him into, uh, who's that other jerk that was over there? War Machine. Mm-hmm. Threw him into War Machine, killed Luke. Next turn, killed War Machine, and then Sam had to finish no, me off. No, War Machine, War, you didn't get War, War Machine. War Machine was just dazed, yeah. yeah. He wasn't dead, but, but yeah. You know what I mean. Like, yeah. he was just running the table and just didn't have enough gas in the tank. Yeah. I was very sad. I thought I might pull it out. Uh, I learned something about Captain Sam, and it was really interesting. At face value, you look at the, t- the team ability, and it says, you know, play smaller Avengers, you know, get a lot of use out of that, which works, by the way. But there's another thing about, like, him and the list is it's a very, very, very mobile, like, list. The fact that he can do all this cool play stuff and he, and he places himself... 
Like, he goes from downtown. Like, where he starts the turn is not where he will end up, nor where he can throw. Um, Parker is surprised that the speed longer with charge does not end where he starts. Uh, well, the reason why is I'm so used to playing Avengers. News at 11. I'm so used to playing Avengers where you just move up and stand there, and you're just getting this quagmire in the middle. That's that's kind of how you yeah. play. And so You see, Parker, when totally 100% of your games aren't with the same leader, new stuff happens. I know. That's that's what I would suggest. News flash. New stuff. News flash. <laughs> I really, so, I really liked Little Sam. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it so, looked like a good list. So I've been playing um, Defenders recently and adding in uh, Luke Cage and whatever. The what the other guy? Let me just call I'm him the best. other guy because of Danny. how disappointed I am. Danny. It's stupid. He's Ugh. about as productive as you would think some homeless guy with no shoes named Danny would be. <laughs> Actually, that's 100% true. That is accurate. Uh, but Get I do Danny. like Danny. You didn't do anything. Oh my god! Ah, shit. <laughs> Ugh. Unfortunately, they decided to make the whiny bitch from the Netflix show Iron Fist instead of the actual useful Iron Fist. Man, that guy has died like a bitch so many times now for me, just in so many ways, like a variety of ways. I think I'm done it, with him. Um, is he just? I, is he just like too? Are people just targeting him really hard because they're terrified? No, of him? you don't have to target him hard. You don't even target him hard. He's like Shuri without all the good rules, basically. Um, because his... Shuri also has a ridiculous spender attack that just like one shots somebody, but she has a good kit without that. Like it's just like they only wanted him to do one thing, is what it feels like. An Iron Fist mm-hmm. spender is ridiculously expensive, so mm-hmm. trying to get that off, you don't even do that. All you do is try and get flying kicks in and kind of place yourself around the table and and like. Duke to the left, jive to the right, move around, move around, and you just get clocked in the face every time. <laughs> oh, I mean, I think Jeremy has some small sample size bias. <laughs> Whatever. Because, I mean, I played like a hundred games says, or two. Matt says that's not true, <laughs> but I was like, he has the exact same defensive stats as eighty percent of the models of the game. He just gets one shot. It's like I don't think that's the a problem with his stats necessarily. Maybe it's the way you're playing him, where you're like, ah, I kicked you, so we place right in the middle of your army, and you're like, uh-oh. But uh, when it comes to his, uh, have you ever used the Iron Fist? Oh, no. Uh-uh. Okay. No way. I Not think... even close. You know he gains more than one power a turn, right? Yes, I do. Okay. I'm just making sure you remembered, because I no, could I see you sitting there like, God, he only gets one. This is so no, stupid. No, no. He's just standing alone on a point, like, why do I only have two power? And then nope. someone comes over and kills him. I was him. actually excited. Like, I was like, this character is terrible. I think he's going to be all right. And every time I'm like, he's going to be all right. We're going to be fine. Never fine. <laughs> he never gets it off. He always drops yeah. right before I get to use him. Well, on the plus side, his box partner, Iron Fist, or also, uh, what's his name? Lucas Cage? Yeah. No, what's his... What's his no, what's his action? It's not Luke Cage, and it threw me really hard when I first read his card. Luke... Because it's like, it's like a pseudonym he uses. It's not his real name. Is it? Luke Cage? Yeah, pretty sure Luke Cage is his name. It just says Luke Cage on the card. Yeah, he used to go by Power Man. I don't think it's AKA Yeah, Luke, Luke Cage Man. is his name. Am I crazy? I was pretty sure my card doesn't say Luke Cage. Maybe I'm thinking of a different character. Anyway. Yeah, it says Luke Cage in the picture online. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I've been very impressed with Luke Cage. He plays much better 
on the table than he does on the card. Like, the card mm-hmm. seems decent, but I've been very impressed with him on the table. Luca Gore Kajagon? Yeah, that guy. Okay. Yeah, I really, I really, the Heroes for Hire card with him is, it's super strong. You just get up in it. Yeah. It's so good. Heroes for Hire is very legit. Has anyone tried the all reroll card strategy yet? I know we talked about just kind of wanting that. Like, we just want Dice Mods cards. We don't want other stuff. And now we they've actually given us that. The last two boxes have had uh, reroll your dice cards in them. But I don't think anybody's given them a try yet. No, sir. I have not. I don't like the defensive one because I feel like the dice pools are going to be so shallow, it's not going to make a big difference. Well, it's not just reroll your defense dice. Yeah, or reroll your opponent's three dice or whatever. I I don't. I... Well, but if they you obviously use it on the spikes, right? Because there's there's usually once a game where your opponent's like, I block five, and you're like, mm. uh, please don't, and so you just like reroll those, and like, what are the odds they're gonna hit that big spike again? Never tell me the odds. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Is there anything you guys are working on for hobby projects? Just assembling. I keep assembling. assembling. What'd you build? I built uh, Omega Red, and I nice. built um, uh, the Lizard because his model is so cool. I had to build Lizard and Craven. Craven went in together in seconds. Uh, Lizard was a little tricky though because <laughs> everything went perfectly fine until I had to put the Lizard on the water like it's coming out of the sewer Mm -hmm. and uh, all of the 3d and 2d renders of that like fit are misleading yeah i had to stare at it for a while but we figured it out yeah and um and then i also put together sort of bob bob minus Mm -hmm. his holster because i lost it when i was assembling and it's gone and so bob may not get a holster he might just have green stuff (laughs) have a big hole hole in his leg (laughs) yeah if i just have a green green stuff in the hole in his leg is but that's that's what i've got i got those four done this week i mostly finished assembling the apartment building and i'm very happy it's a fun thing to put together my kids made me finish the taco truck nice i have three taco trucks now you have three (laughs) yeah people just keep giving them to you I'm starting a Tex-Mex empire. Oh my god. He has a fleet. Alrighty. Yeah. I actually saw a taco truck on my way home yesterday. It was nuts. I've never seen a taco truck in my area before. I've never seen a food truck in my area before. It was called the one and only. It was pretty cool. Oh, that's clever. Alright. Um, so I guess we're going to move into our... Air, I'm using air quotes. I want everyone to know that I'm just using air quotes, so it's 100% not real quotes. Cool. Uh, main topic and real quotes. All right, Parker, <laughs> why don't you take us into it? Why, why <laughs> the, the, love, the derision? I think love. this is a perfectly reasonable... Okay. All right, here, I'll set you up. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Introduce your stupid topic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. No, but for real this Nailed time. It. For real this time. All right. Uh, our topic for today is what is your faction identity? Uh, so we want to talk about, specifically Parker, wants to talk about 
the factions that are not as clear in their objective and the way they go about trying to win the game. Um, so, Parker, why don't you tell us what you're talking about? Okay, so there are some factions that clearly like seem to to say uh, you know, they have a, a certain win condition, um, like they're rerolling uh, attack dice, right? Or they are um, getting a buff to scenario by messing your opponent's scenario pieces or improving yourself, or maybe they get extra defense. So there, we have all these different factions with these clear identities that they're going for scenario, they're going for attack, or maybe they're, it's not so much like the win condition, but they have, they're, they're benefiting certain kinds of models. So uh, uh, you know, a, a day unlike any other for the Avengers, you know, you, you like to have models that have premium powers that all cost two or more, and you're getting a constant discount with those, especially ones that happen on your opponent's turn, because then you're getting to pop those constantly and get lots of value from them, from... Uh, in humans, you might like a character that likes to have a lot of one character that has a lot of power. You can pool it up. Same thing for defenders, where you have a couple characters that like a lot of power. So as you're taking damage, you have deep health pools, and you're you're making sure all your characters are constantly popping those awesome, uh, 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 big attacks or powers. So you've got all this like clear faction stuff to take to take advantage of their faction, um, either with their leadership abilities or their kind of their composition. But there are a couple of factions that just don't seem to have that at all. And so when I am... Inhumans. Uh, uh, what's that? <laughs> Inhumans. Inhumans. I, 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 Inhumans have a, a okay. They're sort of, because maybe you might do something turn one or two by using their faction power. But after turn one or two, I don't know if they have one. Um, but that's that's like a gimmick. That's not like that's a one-time thing, really. Like the sharing the power. Right. That's not an objective. Like, like right. Cabal is obviously kill them. Right. Black Order is kill them. Yeah. Um, Avengers is survive mm-hmm. and and be efficient. So uh, Web Warriors is obviously board control. So is Wakanda. Right. Like they they all have like an obviously like set in stone. This is how you achieve victory with this list. Right. And like Inhumans don't. Like they or, have a we have models. They're kind of good, I guess. Yes. Same thing. Uh. And so, uh, Spider Foes. The a lot of the Spider Foes are coming out at some point. You know, uh, when Mysterio and Carnage drop, but we have a lot of more Spider Foes now. Uh, they can be playable as a faction, and um, like, what what is their identity? Like, what? How do you? I, I was going to make a list with them, and Brandon and I were joking. Okay, I put all the Spider Foes in my roster, and now what? <laughs> so, like, what do you what do you do? I mean, they basically don't have a leader, right? Like, Green Goblin's not really a leader, he's a psychopath. Like, <laughs> well, that's, that's not... That doesn't I matter. will ram my flying device into your face! Well, like, the Inhumans barely have a leader, he can't even speak. Like, he can't even he, tell he anybody points, what to do. He points and thinks about grunting, and then his friends die. Yeah. Like, no! I... It's... There is... Um... It's not. I, I don't know. And I guess this is my point: is is it a lack of synergy? Is it a lack of theme? And if there is lack of synergy, to lack of theme, does that even matter? Um, should you just play the Green Goblin because you want to play the Green Goblin and screw Spider Foes? Um, well, I mean that is the answer. Yeah, you should play what you want to play. But if you want to play affiliation specific lists, um, yeah, I think I think it's a good roadmap. I don't know that you need to like specifically follow what they're doing like and the more stuff that comes out they've even shown us that like their goal is to break up the norms for affiliations as well right like we have you know avengers wore the big beefy brick list right it's like well i've got thor and 
Ghost Rider, and I've got, you know, Captain America here. I'm going to make a big pile of dudes, and they're going to be impossible to kill. I'm going to slowly move up the board. New guy's like, screw it, don't care if people die. Take as many people as you can and run at them as fast as you can. You're like, well, that seems different than the previous. Like, And then, like, the new... Uh, web wears, like, screw screw objectives, just go punch them to death. Like, that's our new plan. What if we can punch them more times than they punch us? Like, I guess that could work. And you're like, so they show that they, they're really just trying to give you more options, I think, as things get released, which is good. But it's... And I, but even it that is frustrating. You just, but you just described two clear, exactly. two clear identities for affiliations. Like, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is, the, in the in the design space of this game, they have found a way to create devi- design spaces within each affiliation, like uh, with the leadership powers. But there seems to be some affiliations that, regardless of their leadership powers or how many characters they add in, it doesn't seem to matter. Like, for example, when the Inhumans were just like four members. It, you know, you're like, oh, what are these guys supposed to do? I don't know. And then they added, ooh, Quicksilver and Beast. So now yeah. it's really obvious. Well, no, it's not. What are they, I don't know. What am I supposed to do with this? Yeah. It doesn't help me if at I all. I told you, explain, like, tell this guy what Inhumans do in three words. Yeah. Like, uh, be Inhumans. Yeah. I, I only needed two. Bad like, alias uh, names. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I guess what I've... That hurts me as somebody who is, you know, um, I've not played as many games. And so when I'm building lists, I'm going, I'm looking for something to create cohesion, right? I'm looking for synergy. I'm looking for identity. And so far, I there are some factions that just seem to scream its identity. Uh, and uh, that, leave, that, that doesn't even, like, make me choose certain things. I actually do have the ability to get funny uh we were talking the other day about how criminals we are you know we're talking about criminal lists and there are characters that could be great criminals that aren't in the criminal affiliation but because of the way that affiliation works there's some awesome characters in there that are totally off the beaten path have you considered this and so it wasn't even like restricting in terms of design space it was actually it was it was liberating because it allowed me to look and pinpoint target these things that i wanted in the game as i learned more about the characters and I don't know how I could ever start to do that was for spider foes or inhumans to a lesser extent X force um, or maybe even uh, uh, a, a, uh, regular. Yes. X-Men. Oh my God. Cyclops X-Men. Like what is, yeah. what, what's uh, um, or, Well, I mean, Cyclops is obviously not good. I think we all agree on that, but like, what do they do outside of that? Yeah. Like what is, what is X-Men's theme? Like, what do they do? Right. They, I don't know that they do anything. The only, they're supposed to, yeah. They clearly, to me, are supposed to be like a synergy faction because they've got like a like their main leader, Cyclops, has an ability called Team Leader where he moves people around and he's supposed to be like sharing power. And then the new or the other leader, like if you're close to a friend, you get to place near them. Like they're they seemed like they were going for some kind of like close knit formation strategy thing. And I just do not think it's come over well or mm. we were missing a piece. I think it's probably more like we were just missing a piece. Like maybe Colossus when he comes out, we'll change something. Or maybe, like, Rogue Gambit, Nightcrawler, or somebody else will come out. They'll, like, make it click. And we'll be like, oh, now this is what we were missing. Because, like, there's there's been stuff like that before. I think that... I think... The Storm has only, like, one uh, identity, which is models that activate other models, because then you can make use of the, 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 the flipping over. So, like, Corvus Glaive and Proxima Midnight are fantastic. Or... 
you know, if, to, if you're like punch for points or you want to do it, I guess Sin and Crossbones could do the same thing. But or if you want to pay for the tactics card that lets you activate somebody immediately afterwards, like there's there are ways to do it. But well, I don't know that you have to do that because you could just activate somebody move up near a friend and then place and still do other stuff or you could use it to get yourself out right there's a lot of ways you could use it but yeah i see what you're saying where it's extra impactful with stuff right but i'm saying at least (laughs) the storms one at least has like a it there is a way to coordinate the 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 team uh this sorry the affiliation leadership power with something in the game that that makes use of it to get extra value in the same way that Captain America gains extra value from anybody who has a two-cost power that exi- that happens on every turn, um, mm-hmm. like defensive powers. So, um, what it what it does to me as as a newer player, even one who who knows a lot of the game uh, by heart on paper, just haven't got to play it a lot, um, is I as I'm trying to make a list, there are some factions that I'm completely sorry factions affiliations that I am completely unexcited to start. And that's the part that makes me the most sad, is I'm so, totally unexcited to start some things, because I, I, I guess don't see to, where to go. to get to the point of this, um, what affiliations do we think have this issue, where they have either a very weak or a lacking entirely in some kind of, um, I don't know, like, idiom, I guess? Like, what is their what is their focus? What is the essence of these factions? Like, what falls within their realm of manipulation like obviously we like we have factions that have multiples we have factions that have one and then we have some factions that just seem to not really have one like maybe you could even say like midnight suns are kind of in that realm but we obviously haven't seen all their characters yet they do a lot of like weird manipulation abilities but i don't know if anything they do would be considered like a theme other than they have wizards like like specifically, I know you've brought up multiple times spider foes and um, uh, inhumans, and I, I think spider foes were designed to be a little eclectic, like like separated and fractured because they're not really like a team; they're just a collection of people. Like I don't know that at any point the spider foes were like ever really truly organized or worked together, other than like the Sinister Six occasionally, which mostly was just a revolving door of Rogues Gallery, right? Yeah, well, it just just the, it was one person saying we should all point ourselves at Spider-Man at the same time. Like, yeah, it's not a coordinated teamwork mm-hmm. kind of thing. It's just let's all run at him together. It'll be harder for him to stop us. I feel like they're yeah. the. The, the joke's on us when it comes to Spider-Foes, because you ask what they do. Uh, they're after Peter Parker. Yeah, but what about yeah. winning the game? Well, they're after <laughs> Peter Parker. Their faction identities, we have nemesis you don't. <laughs> like, that's exactly. literally their faction identity. It's like, we want to kill one person. Not all of us the same guy, but we all want to kill one person. <laughs> You're like, okay. They're all after some uh, revenge. It's just revenge. Dude, I will, I'm going to be so excited when like the actual Sinister Six come out, which I think is going to happen in the next Spider-Man movie. I think they're going to introduce like the Sinister Six as a whole. I really hope that's going to happen. And because uh, I want to get like Rhino and like Scorpion and like like all like the 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 other like fill out that that range because right now like Green Goblin's great but like I want Shocker I, like Mysterio's already there like I want Vulture. the Sinister Six Vulture, Vulture would be yeah. pretty cool like like I played the Spider Man PlayStation game at a at a very uh, informative age and so like I want the 
super cartoony classic Spider-Man villains. I like, want. Sh- I I really want that. I want Shocker to be a two-point character. Just saying. Moving yeah, forward. Shocker, and he's just a he's like Crossbones. He's just a complete chump. Yeah. He sits there and he zaps people, and they're like, "What are you doing, Quilt Man?" He's like, "I'm not Quilt Man. Shut up!" Like, <laughs> he's like, "Don't dress in a kilt if you don't want to be called Quilt Man." I'll ask, uh, Jeremy, you were saying that Defenders kind of feel like that sometimes because you've been playing them recently. You don't really know what, like, their identity is not so much. It's just play three Defenders. Is that the way they feel? Um, It's because they're so expensive, and most of the mm-hmm. time you don't need their affiliation at all other than portals. They have one card that's a tactics card that makes their entire affiliation. Is that cool? I don't know. Um and that's a really one-off kind of offshoot. And what I guess that what that's saying is that for spider foes, it could come in the box set with Rhino and Scorpion, mm-hmm. the one tactics card that defines the affiliation. It could happen. Well, well, I think part of the problem for spider foes also is because things have come out so fragmented for them. Like, they haven't had a big release. Like, the biggest release they've had just got delayed again, so we only got one of the two box sets. Like, they've never had multiple things come out at the same time. And so it's like, what are you supposed to do? Like, they've never gotten more than, like, two models at a time. And then they get random sprinklings of Tactus cards along the way. It's like, well, we've never, like, gotten to see them all at once. And I just wa- rewatched the uh, the interview with... Uh, Will Schick and Will Pagani, where they, they basically they spoiled a lot of the uh, the Amazing Spider-Man, a couple other things. But they talked about Mysterio and Carnage a lot. They were actually designed with the course set. They were supposed to be in the course set originally, and they changed it up. Because I guess the spider stuff got pushed back. But I thought it was really interesting, because the way they, they used those models to design other models, and then they came back around after they finish the other models and retouch them off their initial designs. It was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I think I think they're kind of intended to be really fractured. As far as defenders, I think defenders are the support faction. I think they have the most support you can basically put in one list. Kind of like Wakanda does. It's a little bit of synergy, but it's all about making yourself better, really. It's like, like they give like portals to move through they bodyguard for each other they they you know you know get buffs when people attack their friends or stuff like that like they have a lot of things like that i feel so it feels like a faction of support models as i say dr strange has like three support abilities and then also wong comes with him and he's also just Mm -hmm. support right but those can Uh, come the the point is though that those models can go anywhere and do that with anyone I I think the real question comes in so put Spider-Foes aside because that's just a collection of shit that isn't released yet and finished I think you need to go back to Inhumans what the hell is going on I feel like that was the biggest miss I've ever seen like uh, the only thing that anyone's ever going to take out of that stupid faction in my opinion is the fucking dog which is way overtuned that's I hate Inhumans I've always hated Inhumans I think they're stupid uh, from like an aesthetic <laughs> point, no, as nothing to do with Atomic Mass games. I think the Inhumans, from a design point, are dumb. Like it's so it's like we're the not mutant mutants. We're just mutants that aren't mutants, and no, we don't like anybody, and we stick to ourselves, and we don't help people. And you're like, why are you here? We, we we've talked about their design space before, I but it's I really Black, dumb. Black Bolt is such fucking garbage. Like yeah, I'm gonna so stand cool. here, and you're never gonna kill me. Okay, what then? You're never gonna kill me. Okay, who uh, gives a shit? 
I, I don't think that Black Bolt is complete dog shit, like, in the game. I just don't know that he's worth five points in Inhumans. Like, in of all lists he want, you want to put him in, like, he's supposed to be, like, a MODOK, like, or a Magneto. He's supposed to be, like, this big ace in the hole. But the people in his affiliation do not support him well in any way. Mm-hmm. Like, Lockjaw, maybe, because Lockjaw supports everybody. But again, like... Just like you're talking about Wong and Strange in another list, like just take the dog out and put him somewhere that they have good stuff. Like just put him with Modok, and it's better. Turns out, like, like because there's yeah. no, there's nothing <laughs> yeah. tying them together. There's no mm-hmm. synergy. There's no overlapping like theme. Right. It's just like here's four models with a lot of rules. None of them interact with each other, and you're like, oh, it's like okay. But what's funny is that unlike it's funny you mentioned that because I think as Guardians is that f- exact description only done correctly. Because his guardians is a bunch of models with with with, a, with uh, several rules, but the but there, they there all are seem... overlapping themes though. Right, like, there's a lot of um, debuff and throwing and stuff that that complements each other. Right, there's a lot of high health pools. There's a lot of extra power. Like they, yeah. they have similar abilities, but they also synergize by being together. Do they? I don't. I don't. Think yeah, so. like. Like, in a board control faction, the synergy is I have more board control. Right. right? So in this like faction... I can move more people. Right. So in this faction, you have you have more throws and more power uh, than your opponent without, you know, without doing damage, and without damage being mm-hmm. a factor. So, like, but that's what I'm saying is that it humans, it humans, the, like, the reroll thing, I think, is supposed to be something that ties them together. But for some reason, it doesn't work in the same way that it, it getting an extra power does in Asgard. Because in Asgard, getting an extra power lets you create a whole different, like, army purpose. But in, in humans, re-rolling an attack or defense dice lets you be one up or down. Yeah, be one yeah. up or down every time. That's, yeah. that's, that's not going to enable you to be a great attrition faction. It's not going to yeah. enable you to throw people more often or use awesome cards more often like Asgardians well, can. But also just look at their like roles on the battlefield. Like Black Bolt is a blaster. He sits back and he shoots people. That's all he does. Then you move on to Medusa. Medusa Medusa is a mobile brawler. She wants to get in there and fight people. Uh, Crystal is a mobile ranged person, like runs around the table like a skirmisher blasting people and debuffing them. And then like you have an obvious support model in Lockjaw. Like they don't do anything similar as we're like Asgard. Everyone is like a medium range fighter except for Thor and Valkyrie, which are, like, still medium range for the most part. Like, like they want to get in there. The nope. whole faction wants to get to within range three. They're all, they're all, they're all, like, extended threat brawlers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know. It It's just, like, the, they're so fractured and different. They don't do anything similar. And they don't have a win condition. Like, there's no win condition built in other than, like, I guess I'll use my one big model to kill you. But that's that's not like that's just a weird strategy. Like, if you're gonna take one big model, you would take a ton of support models. We don't have a ton of support models. If you want one big know. model and a, and a bunch of support that does well, play A Force or Cabal or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. A Force, Cabal, Black Order. Like, there's a lot of factions you can do that kind of stuff in. Right. Not and, Inhumans. Right. So Inhumans, if okay, so if Spider Foes is supposed to not have an identity because it's a bunch of psychopaths, you know, pointed in the same direction. Then I, I guess that's an identity. I don't like it because yeah. it doesn't help me play the game. They're like the mercenary team, right? Like I know criminals is kind of that, but they have an identity. The criminals have a fantastic think, identity. It's really clear, right? But so, but I think Spider Foes is supposed to be like the mercenary faction, really. Ah, uh, but none. Okay, 
<laughs> no, they don't have any mercenaries. Not mercenaries in they like lend lease out, but like mercenary is like Motley Crue type, like odd collection of misfits kind of like mercenary group. Okay, is what I mean. But like they they're supposed to feel like a fucking like stapled together pile of shit that gets the job done. Right, but that's the, I don't know what the job is. Yeah, this so is the, Peter the Parker. Job is. There's a reason kill. we talked about. But yeah, it. that's yeah. what he's like. Like Jeremy said, to kill I Peter Parker. I want Spider Man. Like kill I like for Jameson. Yeah. They have. They have so. In the game. They have so many <laughs> rules and tactics cards that that specifically fuck Spider Man. Oh, I love man. it. Oh my like god. Okay, hold on. Great idea. What if Jameson was in the game? He's a two point model, and for one power, he nominates an ally within range three, and he games Nemesis Spider Man. <laughs> that's all he does. <laughs> oh my god. It was called bad press. Yeah. Yeah, bad press. Man or menace. Spider Man, man or menace. Yeah. I. I I think (laughs) it's. That is weird that they made a whole faction just to hate on two models in the game. That's really odd, but they did, I guess. Yeah, it, it just seems really odd, but when they. When the movie. Or. When the starter set come out came out, it was supposed to be Doc Ock, Spider Man and carnage mysterio like it's supposed to be a lot of bad guys then if you look at it venom came out right after wave one because it's basically what condon's venom immediately dropped and so you were gonna have venom carnage doc ock mysterio spider-man the next kid out after uh as guardians was going to be um miles and gwen so we're up to seven immediately the whole first wave uses the spider-man symbol as the timeline symbol that they're using for like for like stage one or what's it called it's um it's like the the rotating format i can't remember what it's called phase one it's like the phase one of the game and so it's all the spider-man logo but we didn't get the spider-man stuff immediately it all got pushed back and i think that was partially because of the movies and partially because of production rules and stuff but i think we were supposed to get a lot more spider stuff a lot faster so web warriors and spider foes was supposed to be much more iconic to the initial like you know intro to the game I think the pandemic kind of messed a lot of it up fine still right i like i they built a faction to hate on two models in the game and that doesn't make any sense to me i don't three any... three it's three spider-man uh does it also work on does do those cards also work on him I yeah miles him. is spider-man yeah now um what is it nemesis i might say peter parker let me check um it is Green Goblin and who's the other? Oh, ne- other nemesis isn't for Peter. Ugh. Let me get my eight bit downloading speed in real quick. Hold on. Peter Parker, arch nemesis. So any Peter Parker doesn't even have to be a Spider Man. Yeah. So. I and also all their trap cards are also like bad for spider people too. Like it's it's yeah. It's well, they're they're the anti scenario list. Kind no, of. it's kind of it's funny. Kind that, of, it's kind of funny that you say yeah. that because their faction name is Spider Foes, so it literally says in the name we don't want spider people to win. Like like, mm-hmm. but that's really weird, right? Because the criminals don't like the criminals aren't like we want to make money. I guess they do. I guess they, that is kind of the faction because they just stand on scenarios and they don't want to fight you. So like, <laughs> I guess. I guess the identities are are kind of summed up by their, but to some degree, the Inhumans are just not human. <laughs> That's all they are. I don't know. Yeah, it's um, they're just not human. 
They're just yeah. not human. No, I, uh, I, I definitely agree that these two factions have poor identities, and I, I, I think, well, at least from an aesthetic point, Spider Foes obviously have a strong identity. I, I just don't think it translates to the game. And that's okay, my, see. yeah, that's my problem. Is Spider Foes? That's my problem. I love, I, I want the rules in the game to supplement, you know, some sort of strategy uh, that I can so, use. And there's hold none. on. So, again, what I was saying earlier, I think part of it is that all these models have come out over such a long period of time, we haven't really looked at them as a cohesive group. And so, looking at the Spider-Foes, I just pulled up the list. Doc Ock, Green Goblin, Kingpin, Venom, Carnage, Mysterio, Lizard, Craven. These models all actually have a very, like, unifying theme and concept. Is that they're all, like get in close and personal and fight you to death models like none of them are like support none of them are controlly really except for mysterio they're all like close range fighters and so maybe that's their identity is they're like they're just a bunch of brawlers and they just want to get in there and fight you which is the opposite of what web warriors generally want to do they're a stick and move kind of faction hmm because you got Craven and Carnage are both like just murder monsters. So is Green Goblin to some extent. They just want to get in there and fucking kill you. Uh, and then you have Kingpin and Venom and Doc Ock are all kind of like ponderous bruisers. And then your only like ranged person really is Mysterio. I don't even remember, really remember that much about Mysterio because I haven't played him. He's mostly range three, control. range two. He's close range. He's a close range evasive model. And so him and Green Goblin are kind of more similar than the rest. But for the most part, they're just like, I'm just going to kill you. They're definitely a fighting faction, obviously, right? I I think it's interesting. The one thing I was, uh, that they do have is they do have the two trap cards, right? They have two mm -hmm. objective trap cards. And so the one, the one thing I did see them doing is kind of saying fuck it to the objective game, like spending most of the time saying fuck it to the objective game. But unlike mm -hmm. other attri attrition factions like Cabal, uh, like Red Skull Cabal and uh, have... Captain America, because uh, mm -hmm. basically Red Skull and Cabal Captain America are generally all in on the attrition game. They have to mm -hmm. kill way more than their opponent. You know, they have to uh, stay alive and kill their opponent and have a, a huge model lead by about turn four so that they can turn around the scenario game because they're punting the scenario game for the first three turns, right? Um, mm -hmm. not Maybe not completely, but they're usually giving it away. These guys are actually not don't have to work that hard for the objective game because they have two trap cards that'll make it more difficult for your opponent to get either yeah. early objectives or they, if they've collected a bunch of objectives on you know round two or three, then all of a sudden they just lose them all, right? Just boom, you're gone. They they definitely punish people who try and outrace you on scenario. Games. Right. So if they are an attrition beat em up faction and they have these. Are, two tactics cards that slow down or inhibit scenario play that's cool and all like there's that i i guess that's a, 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 i guess that's an identity i guess um well what i'm trying to point out here though what if they're like the reactionary faction then because craven has like traps written all over him right with his uh, right. cage the beast thing he does wait doesn't he have that corner of the beast active okay so it's an active but it's still like it triggers when they do stuff right uh, and then you got Green Goblin with his um, Trick or Treat, where if you yeah. move close to him, he blows up terrain. And then you've got Tricks and Traps on Mysterious. They have three people that respond to you moving. Mm -hmm. 
And then on top of that, they have a Tactus card that responds to you moving. And then they have another Tactus card that just says, go fuck yourself if you have ex extractions. Mm -hmm. And then Venom has a reactionary attack you. He has a reactionary bodyguard card. Uh, and then, what is Carnage? Carnage does reactionary stuff, right? He has Paint the Town. Oh, it's it reacting to him doing stuff. That's not really a reaction. I thought Lizard, like, reacted. No, he just kicks you with his tail. So, sure. Yeah. Sure, but again, uh, aside from probably playing Green Goblin and Doc Ock to make sure the well-laid plants goes off, do you just, you know, uh, probably Venom because he's great and Mysterio because he's Car strong control? Carnage. No, I, th I actually think there's a lot of good characters in there. We just were waiting for them to get fucking released. I, I hear you, but what I yeah. keep saying is, again, like... Am I playing? I guess I'm just putting the wall down on the board and and see if they have a. a, a it's it is good at reacting. They're the traps faction, like they they sure. they have they have punishment abilities. Okay, so you heard it here first. I started this. We started this whole thing going spider foes with a psycho faction without any synergy, but now we're saying that they have an identity. It's the traps faction. Okay. So, do you play traps with them, or do you just play the two tactics cards and Doc Ock with Green Goblin and call it a, a, a faction eventually? I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, who do I pick in, in a list? Who do I take out of faction to help with the trap faction? I don't Oh, I don't know. Okay. Because um, that's when I'm team building, I'm going, okay, is there anybody in the game that's going to help me do this that's not over here? Rocket's got traps. Rocket's got traps. Mystique has traps. <laughs> Punisher has Mystique. traps. Well, I don't know if those are traps, but yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. They, they blow up shit in your face. Um, no, yeah, I, I think I, I see a play style with them. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely not nearly as defined as some of the other ones. I don't know if it's a strategy as much as just, like, a tool set they have. Right. It's kind of like the re-rolls within humans. Like, yeah. I understand that it's not, like, a... It's not a roadmap to victory. That That's but, my pro Yeah. Like, Spider-Foes yeah. are like, okay, cool. They have this going for them, mm -hmm. but that doesn't help me select things. That's yeah. my problem with... That's when I say identity, I'm or, or like, uh, synergy, right? I'm looking for... Something that happens because of this, and maybe you know uh, we're we're spitballing a lot about spider foes because all we have is their cards. We can't put them down the field yet to find out what they really do. But um, it, right it goes back to my original argument when we were talking about list building for spider foes. You put all the spider foes in it, and then what? Like Wong? Well, and yeah, Lockjaw? but every faction kind of starts there. Uh there's some factions that clearly shouldn't. <laughs> And oh well, X Men, you mean? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we found that out after a couple games. Right. Like we we're like, yeah, this this is trash. Like, it's like all my models are bad. Why is this true? That's becoming less true as more models come out, though. In Inhumans is another similar one. X Force X Force is, is weird because they're all fantastic yeah. models, just the really bad team ability and cables too mm -hmm. expensive, probably, but. Yeah, so I don't know, I'm trying to find a what is the lesson we've learned here basically is what I'm trying to come out of this. Like did we just complain for an hour about these models or uh I think I think they have like an identity 
I, 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 like we said, I don't think that identity has anything to do with winning the game. It's more of just a, like, what to expect. Um, they definitely, specifically Spider-Foes definitely feel like more of a nutrition faction. So do the Inhumans. But I just don't know that they have enough of it. Like, the, the Web Warriors fight them up identity feels more, like, cohesive than either of these two factions. Yeah. Like... I know how spider foes will beat you to death. I do not know how spider or I know how web warriors will beat you to death. I do not know how spider foes will beat you to death. I don't know how you'll win a game with with inhumans other than random variants. I don't know. I don't like inhumans. What do you think, Jeremy? Um I think the game is interesting in that all the stuff we talked about, that's good and great, but <laughs> just the way it's designed, um, I I feel like half the time, you know, the, the perfect list can fall to a random bunch of dudes that just roll slightly higher sometimes and just get mm-hmm. lucky with a pickup every once in a while. Um, so I, I think it might seem that it's very, very important to have an affiliation and keep it tight and all that, but... You know, I think um, at least over half of the time, it doesn't matter that much. Do what you want. Mm. Play something fun. Um, yeah, that's kind of my conclusion. Yeah. I would say in most matchups, it, it's going to come down to a lot of player skill and dice rolls as opposed to, like, what you actually brought mm-hmm. specifically, which is probably saying that the game's pretty well balanced. Um, yeah, it is It is true that I broke my back trying to find Captain America's Avengers Synergy, and then at the end of the game, I was you know, playing it back in my mind, I went, so I worked so hard to make sure that I was going to get a lot of like value out of a day unlike any other, and I think I saved six power that game? Like, that's, like, you know what I mean? Like, I've counted it up before, and I, I think I saved, like, 23 power in one game. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I lost. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, I don't I know that say. it mattered. Like, like any time right. you're, you're using that many abilities in Avengers, it's probably because you're losing. Like, you don't use Bodyguard when you're winning. And that, that was actually the point. I, I, I counted mm-hmm. six times that I needed the power because I didn't have it otherwise. Yeah. That's what I meant. Like, yeah, I probably yeah. used it 18, but when almost every... Yeah, yeah, like, just like, wait a minute, I... I really needed it, like, six, I think. Th- that enabled me to do something else. And yeah. five of those were all Black Panther. Like, yeah, I definitely would be careful not to overcommit to your leadership ability. That that can be a bit of a trap sometimes. Like, yeah. just because somebody says, you know, re-roll one dice when dodging, you're like, oh, I got to take all the people with high physical defense. Well, I don't know if that's what that means. But, like, don't oversell yourself. Like, don't don't take Black Bolt. And then 100% commit to dumping all your power on one guy turn one. That's probably not the way to win the game. <laughs> That's probably a way to do something really dumb and waste a lot of power. And time. Um, but yeah, I think some affiliations are meant to just kind of be the... We're slightly above average people. And I think that's supposed to be like Spider-Foes and X-Men and and uh, Inhumans. And I don't know that it comes across very well. I think it generally just feels like you have a lot of overpriced models. But some people want to just like, I want everyone to contribute. And it's like, well, there's a lot of affiliations that is not going to happen. Like Defenders, Avengers, like there's a lot of good affiliations where you're, 
you're going to have models that just kind of stand around sometimes. And that's just like the way they're designed because they put a lot of their eggs in one or two baskets and they just kind of like let the other people hold it, points for them. Hey, here's actually focus their, their power. Here's actually a faction that I will say right now that I, I've only I've never seen anybody play the other one, but brotherhood, everybody loves it. And it's a super powerful, it's a super popular affiliation, but it's really just Magneto affiliation because brotherhood like doesn't fucking matter. It's, it's Magneto, the affiliation. And then, because I've never actually seen anybody put Mystique on the board, even though I think her affiliation power is really strong. I've never seen anybody mm-hmm. do it because they only want to play Magneto. Well, uh, Mystique's just not very good. Her, I like her leadership. I think it's interesting, but I don't think she's a good model. I think you could you could pay three points to play a sub-average model if you if you wanted the leadership to, to win you the game. Sure. Um, well, but a lot of people play Brotherhood because they love Magneto. And so, like, when you think Brotherhood of Evil Mutants or Brotherhood of Mutants or whatever you want to call it, you're generally thinking, it's like, all right, well, I want, you know, Magneto and Blob and Toad and Pyro. And it's like, well, two of those aren't out yet, so I've got Magneto and then, like, the rest of the crew. Well, you're a fan of Evil Mutants because you like Magneto generally. And so it's like the dream they've had that I get to play Magneto in a miniatures game. This is amazing. And then you get him on the table, and he's fun to play with. And so they but, generally just don't look back. But the team, but the team, you don't pick members of the Brotherhood because they synergize well with Magneto's team identity. Like Magneto, I, I will argue that team that Magneto that the Magneto affiliation, or rather Brotherhood, doesn't have uh, Mystique Brotherhood probably has like a, a, a list to take advantage of that but mm-hmm. i don't think the magneto version has a list to take advantage of it it's just i mean richard was playing freedom force for a while i think he gave it up recently but, but like he was playing the mystique leadership in brotherhood for for like a couple months i want to say oh really yeah I, I think it absolutely has an affiliation i uh, an identity i think that list takes it can take advantage the way you construct that roster could take advantage of Mystique's ability. I think yeah. you just put Magneto on the board, and then one other Brotherhood model, and then a third model, or maybe three other Brotherhood mo- two other Brotherhood models, and a, and a fourth model. But I think I, that's what happens to play Brotherhood mm-hmm. with Magneto. I don't think they have an identity. It's just Magneto will be so, better than your models. Well, like his his leadership is get more power, right? That's yeah, just but all that's, his leadership is. Yeah, well, but, that's just Cap's leadership. Yeah. And you've spent the last six months of the game trying to put models with him to gain benefits. Right. Like, all his ability says is get more power. And so we're talking about the same leadership, basically. They just get the power in different ways. No, I think it's actually more like... I think Magneto's is more like She-Hulk's. I think A-Force is probably most... I think the most comparable faction is probably uh, she, uh, A-Force. Because A-Force, you're getting a power every time something happens, a lot like Magneto is. Whereas... Cap, uh, they are similar. Yeah, I give you that. Because Cap also, if you're not playing models that take advantage of it, you can get almost no power out of his team ability whatsoever. Whereas you'll always get power from a uh, from She-Hulk. You'll always get power from Magneto. Like period. Uh, stop. Yeah, you'll always get power from Magneto. You'll pretty much always get power from She-Hulk. Well, yeah. it's hard to not to unless She-Hulk's dead. Right. Or your opponent's ignoring you. Right. But yeah, like the the only time you don't get a bunch of power is when you've already won. So yeah. it's, it's kind of moot. I, I agree with that. Um, but yeah, I think the Magneto leadership definitely isn't complicated or, you know, interesting, but it is powerful. I, I think it's like, a, yeah. like that amount of extra power is a big deal. 100%. Like a, like mm-hmm. She-Hulk and Magneto's power generation is a monumental 
game softener, right? It's it, it greases the wheel. It makes the game it makes the game so much more forgiving when you always have power to do what you want um, because you're because you're just playing the game um, for the same reason as Guardians. Their 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 you know racial I guess identity because it's not really their team affiliation, but yeah. their like identity. Um, also has extra power. You just always have seem to have power to do an extra throw in there. So, like, I think that you know, it, it's it's a game softener. It's a wheel greaser. It, it'll just it'll make that kind of thing. It'll make the whole game easier because your opponent won't have that advantage. But I do not think Brotherhood has like a clear identity. Of, you know, other than they'll have power. That's not really like. But the thing is, it doesn't need to. <laughs> it doesn't need to because they have. You know, Magneto and some other Brotherhood model that'll do, um, and and they'll and they're going to be really well because Magneto is so strong. And I guess it's just Black Bolt for one less point is not nearly as strong, <laughs> and so he doesn't have, uh, uh, I, I guess because the identity there is feels like a crisis. My point being is that uh, in this game so far, there are factions that don't have identities where it doesn't seem to be a crisis because their characters are just strong enough to make it work anyway. Um, well, and I that's mean, not the, in the Magneto leadership is designed around you know attrition, like they're supposed to kill people, right? And then the the Mystique leadership is designed around scenario. It's almost an exact mirror to Cabal. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It actually is very similar to Cabal. You're right. They're very, very similar to Cabal. The win conditions, uh, yes, I will say your win conditions are very clear with them. Um, I think That's Jeremy's about to pull his damn hair out. Like he's like, "Can we stop talking about this?" I don't. I. 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 I feel like we're like ships in the night here. We're we're really close to the same spot, but we keep missing each other for some reason. I. I mean, some some affiliations like their their theme is to kill people. Like that's just straight up how it works. And so I, I don't, it's certainly not interesting the way they go about it, like from a fundamental standpoint, like it's not like, like web warriors are the attrition version of web warriors is very uh, intellectual and placement oriented and combos and, you know, synergies, mobile. much like with like, what would you say? Very mobile. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Wakanda is very similar. It's like they're going to use multiple effects from their people to make their attacks higher quality and put them in good places while also controlling you. It's like where some affiliations like Cabal and Brotherhood are just like, I'm just going to get close to you and murder you. That's my that's my strategy. It's kind of like Kador. It's like mm -hmm. I have big axe, chop big axe at enemy. Like that they do it, but they do it really well. And so they're not fancy about it. I do think that's true, but they, they, I think it's the same identity or similar identity. But and that and that lets me pick models. That lets me yeah. that, that gives me a guide. Um, hmm. And and we don't have that with mo with affiliations like Inhumans. Like you just, you don't know what to do with it other than take models and do what the cards say and like try and like have a strategy. They're like a blank slate, I guess you could say. Jeremy, does so that like, does that Jeremy does that make the Inhumans worse? Is does it, it make it, them worse? Does, like it, does it make the Inhumans worse that they don't have uh, an they identity? They don't have an thing? obvious objective that they accomplish. Like, what do they do other than be models in the game? Like, what's their strategy out of the box? No, I, I just want to ask this question. Man, that's it, a good question. I have no idea. I think everybody it, else does things better than them with models that are cheaper than them. 
Um, and <laughs> so you were, think they're just terrible? Those I think the their models are okay in other facts or other affiliations. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're actually solid in other affiliations. I don't get what's the point of their affiliation. And then sometimes when you say, okay, well, they don't have models or they, they don't have things that you like. However, there's usually some like nugget in there. There's like one or two redeeming qualities of the affiliation. Nope. Nope. It doesn't get better. Lockjaw. It's Lockjaw. Yes. But Lockjaw and, and, you, you and humans know, doesn't help. Do you want to know item two on their savior? Oh, go. Last minute save. That's item two. Lockjaw not... and last minute save. <laughs> last minute yeah. save is not in Those humans, are the though. two saving pillars of their faction. But the, Conveniently, neither of them are in human relation. But that, that's what he's talking about. Like, there's no nugget that says... No, no I, I'm agreeing with them. Yeah. yeah. That's my point. Yeah. Yeah. The, and I think part of it is that because they don't have, like, a, a defined mm. objective that they... Or, a, I guess, a objective in the game that they accomplish well, they're kind of a blank slate because of... And they don't have a lot of overlapping synergies that are required to have, like, other people in their affiliation to use. Like, they don't have a... Proxima and Corvus synergy. They don't have a um, trying to think like uh, Shuri and the other Wakandans or anything. Uh, like, there's no like. Well, if you have these two models, they really work well together. Like, like a um, gosh, I'm trying to think of something else. There's a ton of them out there. Like Wong and Doctor Strange. You know, somebody to take the edge off uh, for you. Then because of that, they kind of just get broken up and cannibalized by other affiliations. Like you were saying, just take their the models that are good in another affiliation and just use their abilities in a better spot because they don't have anything tying them together. They just basically get broken up into mercy. That's a really interesting point. So maybe that's, that's what we learned here. If, if you can't find a nugget, if you can't find, I like that word. If you can't find like value somewhere in the faction, then the good models in that faction should definitely be in just some other list. Um, that that's a really good point. I like that. Yeah, a lot. it's a combination of not having like um, like an area of influence within the the spectrum of the game where it's something they can really like do well, and they also don't have overlapping synergies that tie them together. Then yeah, I think they just get broken up and taken elsewhere. Because you'll just like the models that are good at 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 scenario like uh, what's her name Medusa that could kind of move people around. Like you'll just take her in a faction like Web Warriors or. Criminals. or Wakandans or anybody that does up close fighting with board positioning or and the same thing with um, Lockjaw you'll put him in Defenders or Blackwater somewhere where you need a cheap support model that will impact the game and, and be a you know a scenario softener or something like, and so you have all these like choices but none of them actually get used anywhere it's like it's like in a card game when there's like a colorless card that's really strong even if it's supposed to be played with something else, it's just getting played everywhere because it is no requirements and it has no restrictions. Circle of protection red. Yeah. Well, that at least costs white. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's like soul ring. It's like, well, soul rings there to, so that the green guys can get to their big creatures faster. Well, you know what you can also get to faster? Your three cost things. Thanks. And you're like, uh, we might have made a mistake. <laughs> like, oops. Like, what do we do? Like, like as soon as the, uh, oh God, what was the fucking card? Like any card, any card game where you have like 
uh, a cost to include like weirder cards in the, your, your game. Like Netrunner had like an influence where you had to spend like allegiance points to bring in new cards. Well, if the best card in the game costs one, guess what? It's in every deck. Like it doesn't matter. Interesting. Yeah, so I, I think it's a combination of the fact that they don't do any specific thing well, and that there's no like hard synergies or like connecting points that they just get broken up. I will say I think that there is a playstyle amongst people that is I want a blank slate and I want to make it my own and do my own thing with it. And you just take a bunch of like slightly above average models and you go do stuff with it. Like I'm going to play an in your face bruiser type list. Well, you could do that within humans. It probably wouldn't work very well. But if you supplemented it with the right models, like if you brought in like I don't know, Lizard and Sabertooth into Inhumans. Yeah, you could probably make it work. And I guess they have Ronin and Beast, technically, so that also works. Uh, so yeah, you just bring in, like, lean heavy into that strategy, and you're kind of making it your own and, and designing it, like, to play the way you want it to play based on how you season it to taste. But yeah, I think there's... It certainly is less grabbing than going, I have web warriors, here's what they do. And you're like, oh, cool. This really interesting board manipulating faction that can exploit weaknesses and gang up on people. That seems really cool. And I have a lot of control over what's happening on the board. Where you're just like, this is my mercenaries list from War Machine. It has average stat models at average cost. What would you like to do? And you're like, I don't know. What do you do? I do everything. I have everything in the game. All my stuff is fairly costed. What would you like to do? And you're like, well, I guess, um, what's this faction do? And you, know, you just move on immediately. It's like, I don't want to dive into that pool right now. The problem with Inhumans is they're that blank slate, but they don't have enough models to choose from, really. Uh, and like, see, like, I, I actually really like, this is one of the reasons why I was thinking about um, Jeremy's comment. I really like it. I think this comment was very clever. The idea of like a nugget, like some reason to play, is because yeah. if we're focused only on models, it, it is kind of hard to play because they built this game to be you know, potentially factionless, right? They built it so that the yeah. models can fly back and forth. But the one thing that they did not restrict, like they put certain cards restricted period in affiliation are the tactics cards. So I was thinking, for example, of Inhumans, you know, when their, some of their tactics cards came out, we were really excited, but there really is only one that is, that's, that is just Inhumans, I think. I think all the others are, are tied to one of their... It's uh, the... Um... Attilan something. The, right? the, there's the Attilan. oh sorry, there's more than one. The human royal family. That's the one where they, uh, um, they spend two like, re rolls. Power or something. Oh yeah. Do you know how much I hate cards. the fact that that's a king, and their royal yeah. family. I I hate mm-hmm. them so much. <laughs> well, you know, when it comes oh, to monarchies, there's almost always inbreeding. So that might be why they're all like can't speak and stuff. And humans. The they also have the terrifying. They also have the Terra Genesis card. So they actually, so Inhumans do have like a nugget in there, which is the, the Terra Genesis. Um, what? I'm just saying, if you wanted How to was play, that a nugget? if you wanted to play Terra Genesis, right? Um, well, yeah. I mean, they have, they have things that do stuff, but they don't have a lot of them in any one particular area. Like they also have like the card we just mentioned, the Royal Family card where you get the one reroll a turn. That's an attrition based card too. Like, they're just scattered all over the place. They don't True. have an identity. Like that's what we were talking about. Right. They do a little bit of everything. It's not like they don't do anything. They right. just don't. They don't. A force is better in humans. That's it. Better in humans. Well, I mean, yeah, because you don't have to take black bolt. 
Well, no, also because all of their nuggets, all of the things that say A-Force on them are all clearly about doing this one thing. Like, getting up in your face, brawling, and, like, you can't move me, I'm going to get defensive buffs for a turn. You know, like, it's about taking turns away from your opponent. You're taking options away from your opponent, because I'm playing uh, A-Force. And then, you know, always having the power to do more damage back to you than you're doing to me. Like, that's... Like, that's a really, like, clear, you know, A-Force thing that A-Force is getting. Yeah, I see that. I I will tell you, though, I know there's something that you just said a minute ago that I liked, and I know Jeremy likes as well. When you said that this game was designed to be factionless, that is definitely true. They built it with zero factions in the game. There Mm. just happened to be some affiliations. Sorry, you're right. <laughs> got him, Jeremy. I fucking got, got him. him. I, I, I've that been trying really you. hard. I've been trying really hard all episode. I, I, I noticed you got a lot of them. I've been right. trying really hard. Um, Jeremy okay. is trying to break us of the term factions. Yeah. Much like when we say ranged attacks, there's no such thing as a ranged attack <laughs> nope. in this game. So it's the range of the attack. I know. I know that this. Uh, I know this is a slightly extra topic, um, but I feel like maybe this is not an extra topic. This is just like a conclusion for this one. Basically, there are. I think this is. Instead of identity, which is where our conversation kind of started, and it got kind of muddy, and we started chasing our tails, I think it's gotten to the point where, like, I like this word nuggets, right? There are some factions with nuggets that are clear. Right. Like you just can't say faction, but you're allowed to now say nuggets. Sorry, to affiliation. There's there's some affiliations with clear nuggets. No, I, I don't think you did it. Piles of nuggets, <laughs> huge a... nuggets, and there's some. So you're saying that. The biggest problem with the inhuman affiliation is that they're nuggetless. They, no, I think it's that their their nuggets are Sans made nugget. of like random non rare gems. Nugget. Who gives a shit? Like it's you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like like the the inhuman royal family and the Terra Genesis card. Like both like they they again they have some nuggets, but they're not useful. There, there's no value to them, right? There's there's no way to trade them in while playing so the inhumans. I got a term for you. It's fool's gold. Fool, yeah, pyrite. It's all pyrite. Yeah, that's what it is. Fool's gold. Of course gold. you would say pyrite. That's what it is. Fucking it's, a, it's a mineral, not a metal. And so... He's in here, well, technically, according to Webster's... Like, shut up! I, ne- I would not say that. Uh, but, it, you know, the A-Force, Cabal, you know, Avengers, um, they all have these clear nuggets in there, the clear things you're supposed to do, either maybe printed on their team affiliation card... Uh, or, uh, uh, or in their um, tactics that say you only get this if you're a member of this faction, and it's this, and it all works together to to create a, a positive effect. And that's why there are some lists out there that just feel like, what am I supposed to do with this? And it's because they don't have nuggets. This is a this is an affiliation list game with nuggets, and if so, if you got no nuggets, you, there's no reason to play. I- it's probably also a product of the fact that because they don't have an obvious identity or nugget, apparently. Uh, collection of nuggets. <laughs> collection of nuggets. So Sack what, of what nuggets. is a collection of nuggets? <laughs> a bushel? A bushel. A uh, bushel of nuggets? All right, it's uh, because there's no bushels on, on the nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, uh, I think a lot of people don't give them a try or stick with them as long as they might if they did have a more clear and obvious identity or strategy built into the affiliation. Mm-hmm. And because that, people don't probably get as good with them as they get with the other affiliations. That's true. Meaning that uh, it kind of perpetuates itself. And because the other factions are more popular, they will stay more popular because the the reason they are popular is because of the design philosophy. And so Mm. I think it's probably true that the, the Inhumans are both probably balanced within the game, but 
the the play style that is attracted to their affiliation is more rare i would say they will probably get less table time meaning that they will be less experienced players and or, or the 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 odds of finding an experienced you know good player with inhumans is gonna be a lot less likely than like brotherhood or cabal or so so and so like they're going to be one of the mainstream factions um yeah so i think that might just be kind of like why everyone's like well no one plays in humans why is nobody playing humans well they're terrible well maybe they're not terrible they just no, no one around here has that play style mm-hmm. like nobody wants something that they, they don't want raw clay they want you know something that's already like shaped into a vase that they can kind of finish off or maybe a bushel of nuggets that they can uh put down somewhere yeah i don't know i like a, i like a cord, the, a cord of nuggets yeah a single a cord, cord of nuggets uh, I was thinking. I was thinking of. I'm excited to play X Force, but they have one nugget, one single nugget. That's a pretty strong nugget, but they have a nugget. And what's I'm, the nugget? Um, pretty sneaky, sis. Their tactics card that gives them all super stealth for a turn. That's oh. like that's their. their well, I thought nugget. their nugget, like their their really like hold us together thing, was uh, the strength of the fact that they have the best affiliated tactics cards in the game. Like if you just put all of their affiliated tactics cards up against any other affiliation, they have the best like whole bench. It's so deep. They have one nugget. <laughs> it's pretty sneaky, sis. But they do have... The other cards are real bad. But they do have other tactics cards they take because they have three regenerators on their lineup. So, like, they do have other tactics cards that aren't technically X-Force cards, but they become Perfect. good with their list. Um, the they po- just heard our complaints that there weren't enough tactics slots. They yeah. want to make sure that wasn't going to be a problem with X-Force. Right. <laughs> and so they just made sure all the cards are fucking terrible. The point, the point I'm trying to make is, mm-hmm. like, that... If I was excited to play X-Force, or if anybody was excited to play X-Force, you just have to know you're playing with one nugget. You've got one reason to play X-Force, and it's it's a card that's literally printed in another faction with a much more clear identity. So, like, you're playing with, I guess, half a nugget, or one nugget that has less value because there's less demand for that nugget. It's an itty-bitty little nugget. Yeah. So I, It's like a kernel. We'll call it a kernel. Yeah, single nugget kernel. So... Uh, Tune in next week for our glossary chart. <laughs> and that, and that, that is, um, uh, it's kind of. I wish. I wish. Uh, that's kind of sad. And the reason why I find that's kind of sad is if you are a, a really big Magneto fan, you're really gonna like this game. But if you're a really big Cable fan, you're gonna be able to put Cable on the table. Sure, it's a you know it's a, a okay a affiliation. I'm gonna game, stop. I'm actually gonna stop you here. I, I don't. We like don't know X-Force. Cable's bad. This is all theory crap. No, no. I'm saying X Force doesn't have any nuggets. I'm probably purely purely from a nugget standpoint. I'm not talking about are they bad on the table. I think they're fine. I I disagree. They ha- they're an obvious attrition faction. Everything they do says fight people. I don't like care about their identity. Everything they do. Uh, we started this conversation with okay. identity. I'm 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 past it. I don't actually think identity really exists. Well, in this their game. nuggets are they kill people. Sure. I, no, that's not a nugget. A, the, a nugget is a reason that says X Force. A, a thing that says bold text X Force. X Force gets to do this because Cabal has a card that says bold text Cabal kill something with high health. It has a, a text that says that, but only Cabal members get to make use of it. So you're you're going to play the whole game with that card. So um, 
You're going to build your list. You're going to build your strategy. You talked about it in our game just uh, last Thursday. You took a card, and it was a dead card because it didn't have any use. It was a dead nugget. Because everybody get, had five health. Because everybody had five health. But that's the point, right? That's the so nugget. So you're saying in that game I played nuggetless? Y- you played nuggetless. Yes. You just play, you, you, you <laughs> this didn't. This is so confusing. I, I hate this. I, it's not confusing. A nugget is defined Suck. as something that says something that says affiliation name, only affiliate characters get a benefit from it. Uh, Jeremy, the, do you know do you know what really clears things up? When someone is confused, yell, it's not confusing at them. <laughs> That's what clears it up the fastest. I also Shut backed up. I, I also back You the, must be. Parker, have you ever considered being small. a teacher for a living? <laughs> I don't yell at my students, but I do explain things. And I, my explanation was clear and concise. You were, you were oh too busy God. giggling to listen to it. The point is this. <laughs> um, there is... It's It's, not it's sad. It's sad that X Force doesn't have X Force has one nugget th- that's less value. It's sad. I'm listening. I just can't stop laughing. <laughs> Parker, <laughs> so good at teaching. No. <laughs> oh man. Uh. All right. And I, okay. I, I know All you right, guys. I know you guys hate the Inhumans as a faction, and so you're not. You don't find it sad that they have no nuggets or or very few, maybe <laughs> none at all. And so you think it's you think it's you think it's happy. You're glad that no one plays the bullshit that you think is stupid. I get it. But there are people out there that might like Inhumans. There are people out there that might like X Force, and it is sad that the there is no nugget for that bold faced word. You know, in the game, or maybe there's one less value nugget, the bold face word. Yes, you can play okay. Medusa, okay. play Black Bolt. Play I the did not realize cares, when but... you brought up the whole nugget conversation that you meant nugget was affiliation specific only stuff. Yeah. I understand the concept of that, but I there's still the the very important part to me when I brought up that that topic of overlapping synergies. That's still very important. Like the like the fact that you're compounding the effectiveness of something by adding more of it. Like Wakandan does rerolls, like right, they they can reroll everything. They have multiple pushes, like that's kind of their identity. Is they have a little bit of board control, a lot of attrition, uh, to back it up, and then Web Warriors is lots and lots of bo- uh, board control and also some rerolling. And then if you move over to um, Cabal, a lot of the things they do say kill people, right? They've got Dark Rain, they've got Cosmic Vigoration to to do more attrition work. Their leadership ability is get more power when you hurt people. Everything they do, even if it's not like faction specific necessarily, it works because of like the core engine of the affiliation, right? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that, that's that's important as well. And so talking about X Force, they're they're the characters in X Force are all just attrition monkeys, right? You've mm-hmm. got uh, Wolverine, Sabretooth, uh, Daredevil, not Daredevil, uh, Deadpool. Domino, um, Cable, Cable, Cable is obviously a little less so because he's a little more support than Fighty, but he's still like like his point is to to win the attrition war. That's why all of his abilities exist. Mm-hmm. And so you have you just have a stack of attrition models, and so I understand what they're trying to do, and even their leadership ability is kill people better, right? Like that's their whole is to get an attrition advantage. Just everything. All of their models do is get an attrition advantage. Mm-hmm. And much like kind of we talked about Web Warriors or Spider, spider Foes earlier, that's it's it's not as defined as Cabal is, but I do think that's fair. The only complaint we've had about them 
is that we think cable's overpriced. And so I don't know if we're correct because nobody's put all of the things together to see if the stack of chips is better than the cards say it is. Like, I, we nobody's tried it. We don't know how good that one reroll is. Mm -hmm. But I think, I I agree with you. They do have an identity, but what they don't have is, I guess... I keep using the word nuggets. I just don't... I just didn't want to say specifically that like we said, well, X Factor would be good, but we think Cable's terrible. Like, I just wanted to bring up that that was all theory craft, right? And not actual games repped. Right. Where in humans we have actual games repped. Yeah. Multiple people have tried the affiliation, and all of them say, "Man, these models are expensive." Yeah. They're also not cohesive, and they, right, exactly, and they where don't have X -Force any nuggets. Is, <laughs> yeah. X Force is very cohesive. They are you're an saying, assassination yeah. faction. They yeah. go kill people. Right. But you, like you're right. They don't have anything that says, "Well, X Force people do this." Like, well, yeah, they don't have that. They do and have so one. They have one. It's just, it's just also yeah. Incredible. They have a delivery system, which is like yeah. criminals kind of have a delivery system, but they're not really there to win the attrition war. They're they're there to lose the attrition war slowly enough to win on scenario, which right. is a very weird affiliation identity. Mm -hmm. It makes very little sense to a random person, but it works very well. Anyone who's played criminals is like, yeah, this works. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's it's a very simple leadership ability that's so powerful. I think I, I'm I'm willing to put this conversation to rest. I feel much better about it, and I'm I'm going to be able to go back into list building with a much clearer idea of what I want to do. I think now, even I, this, I I know this this may have seemed like a runaround, mm -hmm. uh, but it actually gave me a lot of clarity. This feels a lot like the end of an episode of Rick and Morty where, like, was there a lesson here we were supposed to learn? I was like, I'm not going to figure it out. Like, like I don't know what the, <laughs> the final synopsis on this was, but I, I, I think if you listen to it, it, you'll understand kind of what we were trying to say. I think I Is that we, we kind of talked about a little bit about play style. We talked a little bit about, like, faction objectives and, like, how they accomplish victory within the, the bounds of the game. And we talked a little bit about synergy and stuff. And Parker started talking about his nuggets, how big they were and what quantities. And I, I got really confused for a bit. He yelled at me a lot. And so I, I'm he not sure if you got at. anything from him. I'm not sure if you got anything from Parker, but listen to the words I said a lot. It's probably good. Yeah, um, Brandon's really got diamonds in the rough here. <laughs> I do. They're pretty rough, but uh, I like to polish them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I was kind of leaning between two different episode titles. I've definitely picked it now. Got it. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, uh, is there anything else you guys want to say before we wrap it up? All right, uh, well, this has been Brandon. And Dr. Mantis Toboggan. And Jermagor Constagon, as always. And this has been The Gang Gets Nuggets. In parentheses, <laughs> why is everyone naked? <laughs>
I'm just going to put down Infamous. So I haven't played any games this week, which means it's a very off week. Normally hmm. I've played at least two, two games by now. Nobody showed up for your birthday on Monday? No. Oh. I just drank all of Richard's beer and sat there alone. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. I mean, I'm not big on have to do stuff on your birthdays. It's just a fucking day. My family never okay. did a thing for birthdays. Not one oh, yeah. thing. Like, when I was a kid... Oh, they, didn't, they didn't even, get, like, say happy birthday or anything? Um, My mom they would just, say... like, acknowledge that it is your birthday? My mom, <laughs> would say, my mom would say happy birthday, and my dad would be like, your mother tells me it's your birthday. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, now... Your dad was very Ron Swanson about birthdays. Yes, he was. The only thing that we did get to do is we got to... Um, uh, have friends over and it's not because like my parents were crazy about not having friends over but we lived like almost 45 minutes away from my school and so everybody and all my friends lived in the town where the school was so mm-hmm. like it was really hard for me to ever like have friends over to my house but that was the one time of the year that that my parents would you know figure out how to get friends over to our house and we would have a sleepover that when i was so when i was like sleepover age that was the one thing that happened on my birthday was a sleepover so like but 17 um no that would have been when i was <laughs> 17 fifth grade. <laughs> fifth grade so 17 no one came over to my house when i was a teenager when i was a teenager i don't think i had a single friend at my house ever and i was actually moved, i actually moved closer to i always went out i always went out mm-hmm. um I never ever had anybody over at my house. Not that I actually. That's really weird that I think about it. I don't think anyone, only like one person ever came over to our house for any amount of time, and that person saw my father naked, and that was the reason why. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Parker, we have very similar childhoods. Yeah, my my brother, <laughs> my brother brought over my brother brought over a friend, and I was downstairs in the basement playing uh, Nintendo sixty four at the time because it was almost almost every evening. Uh, and when I was downstairs, and all of a sudden I heard. My friend's, my brother's friend, <laughs> like that. And I was like, ah, shit. Because <laughs> I know what just happened. I heard my dad, like, tump, 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 tump across the, the, the floor above me. He just walked by butt-ass naked, just going to the, going to the fridge to get, a, to get a drink of water. He or just walked around the house naked? All the time. Constantly. He just had a house full of boys. I guess it's okay. Yep. That's definitely weird. That's that's like registering on the weird scale. Uh, my dad was not a naturalist, but <laughs> he had a big. My dad was not a naturalist, but he had a big fuck you to to like social conventions. If he was in, he, he, he we owned a house in the woods because he wanted to be able to walk onto his front porch and piss in the wind. Like he wanted to be able to do that. And if anybody wanted to come by, he wanted to be able to uh, uh, bury him in the backyard. That's 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 <laughs> that is. That is who my so dad. Very Ron Swanson. Yeah, he is very. My dad. When I saw that show, I was really late to get to that show. I said, "Dad, you need to see this this show." Um, mm-hmm. And he loved Ron. He thought Ron had a perfect oh, yeah. life. Like he was exactly what my dad. My dad does bury valuables in the woods. When Ron Swanson makes that joke, he's like, "I don't." It's like all the gold I have buried across town, or do I? Like that. <laughs> yeah, he's like. 
that like, phrase, my father ab- my, definitely moved. That. My father absolutely. When he went on vacations, he would. I when I lived in Lawrence after after I left the house, when he went on vacations with my mom, uh, I would have to go back to the house to feed the dogs, uh, tend to animals. He had random animals, and then I would also have to check up on a few of his hiding spots to see if his valuables were still there. I was one of the only people entrusted with them. And he told me, I never checked, that he moved them all after he told me where after they were. he told you where they were. <laughs> that he would move them <laughs> later. <laughs> because he, yeah, he had, he literally has crooks of trees where he has jars full of cash and, and, mm-hmm. uh, and barrels, like hardcore ammo crates and barrels buried in the ground full of, of guns and ammunition, water, fuel. Just, you just like... He's a pack rat, and he just said, and that he is everything you've heard about that guy. He is that guy, and yeah, so yes, he walked around my house naked, and he thought it was hilarious that John, my my brother's friend, saw him, and, and John also thought it was funny because if you knew my dad for five seconds and you saw him walk through naked, you'd be like, oh, this makes perfect sense. Like, of course, mm-hmm. of course he does. Of course he That's doesn't put funny. on clothes if, if unless you make him. Um, I can only yeah. remember one time after, like, I was really young having a friend over, and I got in trouble because uh, he came, we had just gotten off the bus, this is why I lived in Alabama briefly, we had just gotten off the bus, and uh, and the bus stop was literally on the corner of my, my house's street, and so, like, you could, it literally, you take three steps, you're in my yard, so I was like, why don't you just come over and we'll watch that movie I was telling you about, and so I open the front door, we go and we sit on the couch, and we start watching the movie, I don't think anything of it. And my parents come home about an hour later, and he has to leave, and I and they're mad. I'm like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Well, they had left their drugs out on the fucking coffee table, and I didn't consider that a, like an abnormal situation, and so it didn't even register to me that that would be a ba- a big deal to somebody that wasn't part of our family." And so I got yelled at because I invited a friend over, and they saw all of their drugs. Mm. <laughs> I was like, "Great!" So I was never allowed to have friends over after that. That's <laughs> like okay. I don't know why, but some reason in the 80s, early 80s, all I did is see, like, naked adult, like, fathers Mm. wandering about my friends' houses. I can't tell you how many I've seen, but it is just wrong. Just wrong. Just stomping through at midnight to get a snack, just hanging. Mm. Just, it's terrible. hanging, Dom. Mm -hmm. Jesus. (laughs) Ugh. Did they not invent underwear until the 90s? Is that what happened? I remember I remember my stepdad would walk around in a robe a lot. And it was one of those like typical like surprise you to close your robe kind of things. But like it yeah. wasn't yeah, it wasn't abnormal if you're like okay, well he's wearing a robe, probably don't look directly at him when he's walking around just in case. Like don't know how closed that robe is today, but it uh yeah, it definitely was not that abnormal. People were just more naked when I was a kid, I guess. Is that wrong to say? I think it's true. I saw so many more naked people as a young person than I have as an older person, and that's actually starting to upset me now that I think about it. I'm telling you, me too. Were people doing it on purpose? I remember when, I oh my god, I must have been like five or six years old, like way, way back when, first house I was growing up in. And, like, I came, we had a little, like, apartment set up in the basement. It was a finished basement. We lived down there. My grandparents lived on the top floor. They would always have friends over. 
And so they were having like a little dinner party thing, but it was a hot day and they didn't want to run the AC because they were very frugal. And so they would just all take their shirts off. Like, so there's like six old women in bras and two <laughs> old men not wearing shirts. And I just come upstairs. I'm like, what's what? going on? I was like, oh, it was hot. And I'm like, okay. And I just walk out the front door to go wander around for the rest of the evening like you do because I'm a fucking nine-year-old kid or whatever. It's like we would just be gone all day. Huh. A lot of freedom. A lot of freedom in the 80s. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> my dad. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to mute myself for just a minute, but you guys keep going. Um It was not this was not the 80s from when my father. He's as far as I know, he still parades around naked at the house. I don't go there <laughs> at night. Um but I'm assuming he does. My dad hopes. No, my dad. I've I, I've always had so much shame driven into me. Like at no point, like there's always a towel, a blanket, like there's always something. Like I just can't. That isn't happening. My wife's the same way. Like she's she's very much the same way. I I don't walk around naked because I don't find it very comfortable. I don't not comfortable like my emotionally or uh, comfortable like physically. I don't like it. Mm. It's not. It's not fun. They loved it. Um, In the 80s, they loved it. Yeah. Uh, Men love that shit. Just like yeah. ju- all of it. Boom. What time I is walk- it? I'm going to get a snack. I hear the boys yep. are up. <laughs> I hear the boys are playing Dungeons and Dragons. I'm going to yep. fucking just wander about the house looking for stuff. Yeah. We actually, uh, it's funny that uh, we actually lived next to a nudist colony, a naturalist colony. Oh, God. <laughs> Because uh, we were deep in the woods, my dad never partook of them, but they won. <clears throat> there was one hundred percent a nudist colony. Everyone around there knew it because the gal. Uh, it was a, it was a, it was a husband and wife that owned it, but the gal was the naturalist, the big time naturalist that ran the club, and she was also a horticulturalist. Uh, and so, her their property was gorgeous. It was like uh, it was in virgin woodlands in the Kansas River Delta, and. Uh, um, they had manicured the whole thing like a golf course. So, of course, you could walk around naked in these trees, and you couldn't see, be seen, you know, after 30 feet, the forest was so dense you couldn't see it, but you walked around in this beautiful, pristine uh, uh, little spot they had. And it wasn't a meadow. It was all covered by trees because you can't walk around. In, <laughs> this is explained to me. With natural, nudist colonies, you always have a lot of tree cover because you're walking around naked. You don't want to get sunburnt every time you walk outside. Uh, so, so they... You want to walk around in trees. And so this gal would, like, went, she was a horticulturist, so she planted all these exotic trees. The only reason why I know about all this uh, now is my brother bought that house. Um, mm. Now, it's it's two people removed because that woman sold it to another person, and eventually my brother bought it. So he's, he's now living next door to my parents. Um, but he bought that house, and they're finding all this stuff from where the nudist colony would you know have these big barbecues and so they have this like pit that's now would been totally overgrown but it was there before and so all these outdoor activity like uh, uh areas um where the naturalists would hang out and do their thing naked one with the forest and the trees and whatnot oh. my dad was not a naturalist but he said in, in his own way <laughs> he would still go natural It's so no, I didn't have anybody over at my house. That's the moral of the story. 
Oh, yeah, we were talking about birthdays, weren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I had, like, birthday weeks. Like, that was the only time. We got we got gifts and, like, I don't know, attention at all during your birthday and at Christmas. But that's it. You got two days of the year, and that's it. <laughs> but we got a lot. Like, birthdays were cool. Yeah, but my wife's family is like that. It was a big adjustment for me being married. The, the first time I ever had to be, like a member of her family throwing her a birthday because she expected like that. She expected a serious to-do on your birthday. Yeah. And I was like, cool, you're older. <laughs> yeah. I, I got her – I'm not a monster. I got her a present. You know, I was like, here's a very thoughtful present. It, was, it wasn't an asshole present. Uh, I'm a good pre- – give, give, give good presents. But uh, I was like, here's a really thoughtful present, something you never get yourself. And she goes, oh, thanks. So where's the other, you know, things? And I'm like, well, you're talking about other things. You got a present. And she's like – you know, the whole day devoted to me. I was like, mm-hmm. "What?" <laughs> In my house, yeah. I got a present, and you I messed and... up. <laughs> oh, you mean a balloon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I got you flowers last week. Does that count? Like, <laughs> no, but no. Okay, I guess we're doing this. Yeah. Oh yeah, I let people at work know a month in advance. Like it's like a month. Like I need, I need attention for a month. Where are we going for where are we going for birthday dinner? Where's birthday lunch gonna go? Oh yeah. And the rest of the time, whatever, but And if he that that's often Jer- Jeremy's birthday is like Hanukkah, it just keeps going. It does. Well see and twelve see, full fucking days. And oftentimes those are the ones like those are the contentious relationships I hear about, like people who love the intense birthdays, you know, looking for that kind of attention from people who don't do it. And so it's this, it's this lack and it creates like this, this, you know, negative uh, situation. But what's, I think even more interesting is when I have a birthday and Sarah wants to do something really nice for me. And so she really goes all out and she creates this, you know, kind of fantastic situation for me. And I don't celebrate it. Right. Like I, I struggle to celebrate. I go, Oh, thanks. That was really thoughtful. And she's like, Aren't you gonna be like excited about the birthday? I was like, it's just you know Wednesday. <laughs> it's just not. It's not that fantastic. I'm gonna keep doing what I was doing. I'll keep, keep working or being with the kids or mowing the lawn. She's like, but it's your birthday. I go, yeah. Tomorrow it won't be. The day after that, you know, it'll be 363 days to the next one. And she, she it, it blows her mind. I find it fascinating. Anyway, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's wonderful um, how how different people can look at exactly the same occurrence and give it completely different meaning. Birthdays are a great example. I think it's I think it's I think it's absolutely like the quintessential like part of the human experience. It's something so very innocuous that everybody can talk about it, but it it, it, it explains so much. The fact that you can celebrate that that day so differently, mm, yeah. Like I say, it was the only days that we found happiness. The rest of the time it was pretty much abuse and men walking around naked or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was the one time where it was like, I want to have my friends over, and then I want to go to an arcade, and then I want to go to like the pizza place. And then we're like, go to the park. And it was like, yeah, cool. That's great. Every other day was, 
um, nothing you love will be happening at all. But on your birthday, you get to do stuff. That's it. Honestly, that, that's interesting because I had the opposite. I would, I felt very much like I felt I had onus and control. What's the best way to put it? Like I felt like I had every day was was an awesome little adventure. Now my parents didn't didn't bend over backwards for me or anything, but they gave me a lot of freedom to to choose things that I wanted to do. We also lived on a farm, which was different. Because on a farm, every fucking thing is an adventure, right? Like, you go outside and 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 yeah, everything seems so exciting and fun. Even hanging out with the animals was exciting and fun. Doing chores was kind of fun. Um, I guess that's, that that's one of the big reasons why it's different. It's not like my girls go outside into this yard and you know there's the same two trees they always see, unless they have a fan. You know, they could use their imagination, but that's all they got. They got to use their imagination. In my in my house, you go outside and you can find anything be anything out there you just go in and pick it a pick a direction and start traveling if you wanted to and you know unless you've got your leg caught in a barbed wire fence you're probably okay any of the Olympics because no one else is my my wife's crazy about it so yes I've been watching it Jesus I can't get into it at all I have no heroes to root for <laughs> that's what need, I go ahead. I need somebody to root for that's the thing about the Olympics I, I was actually talking to her about this with the whole Simone Biles thing going on I don't know how familiar you said you haven't yes. been watching it you, you uh, know I what yeah. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I don't. I I was talking to her about this. Um, I'm not an apologist, but I think the weird, like, you know, quarter decade, like hero worship that happens to Olympians is mm-hmm. kind of strange. How it's almost like they get. Um. They're like Kleenexes, right? They just get, like, the shit. Like, they're so important at that moment. you got to have it. You know, like when, you're about, when your nose is running, you're about to sneeze, you got to have a Kleenex. But as soon as you use it, it does a fantastic job for you. You throw it away and you never think about it again. Like, that is, like, so many Olympians. That's their experience. Um, they have, like, literally 20 seconds in the spotlight. And the whole world's looking at them. And that's it. That's all. It's gone. Such a weird kind of existence. When you think about a professional athlete and any other kind of, you know, public professional athlete, you know, so many of them get to experience, you know, a whole career day in, day out doing that job. And these Olympians, they're still, they're doing the same kind of time. They're putting in the monumental amounts of effort and then they only get seen doing it for like 20 seconds. Like, like literally some of them just jump off of a diving board into the water and that's it. Like that's the only time anyone ever got to see them do it. Mm-hmm. Is at the Olympics right then. Uh, gymnastics is a similar thing. And, um, God, the amount of pressure those people must be under, it's got to be insane. Like, it's got to be absolutely insane. How much pressure do normal people feel when they have to give a presentation in front of their, like, employees? Like, how terrifying that is for some people to think that you have to do it, even if it's something you've been practicing your whole life. Um, 
And uh, there's no way to have the Olympics and then not have the whole world watch it. I think that's the point of the Olympics. It's the only point of the Olympics because you don't make any money doing it as an athlete. You, the countries don't make any money doing it. The Olympics don't turn a big profit. So, like, there's no money in it. It's just for prestige for the country hosting it and for the countries who are able to participate. That's that's all it is. So because that's all it is, there's got to be, like, like you said, like the construction of heroes, I guess. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it's it sets them up, like it sets them up for failure. Like it's it really does. Well, I mean, imagine being the very best at something in the entire world, and you're like under twenty years old. Yeah. I mean, what what else is ahead of you? By the way, like you've already done the most hardest thing in the whole world, and you're the best, and then all of a sudden you're not doing it anymore, and you'll never be the best at anything again. Like your psyche, your your psyche can't take that in at any age, let alone as a teenager. Like that's insane. Um, the I was reading this really interesting post today. The guy was talking about how uh, he was he was watching you know the the the, <clears throat> the story play out with Simone and her his kids, and he's and he 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 started going. You're like. I don't know. I feel like if I was an athlete, if I was a competitor, I would want to do it so bad. There's like like Carrie Strug and her kids ask, "Well, who's Carrie Strug?" and and he showed you know Strug's you know that iconic moment where she does the the vault and she hurts her leg really bad and her coach you know says like keep going, keep doing it and so she does it again and she wins but she breaks her like leg terribly. You know, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. She sacrifices her body for the win on the Olympics. You know in 1996 and and at the time it was this big hero story but he said watching it under this context watching it today with his daughters next to him his daughters immediately went oh geez why did she do that and he immediately went oh crud why would she do that like why would this young woman like like sacrifice her body for this it at the time it seemed heroic but now he looked at it and he goes, okay, well, maybe she wanted to, but why the hell was the adult that she was putting all of her trust in pushing her to do more? He was watching her, like, fall apart physically, and he he told her, keep going, you know, keep pushing your body till it breaks. He's like, to say nothing of the fact that, that she wanted to or not, who cares? The fact that she looked to him. And everyone in the world saw him say, you can do it. Keep going. Don't stop. Ugh. And that's, and he said it, it put, like, he's, he, he went into the conversation, you know, wondering how Simone could give this up. And he left the conversation going, good for her. <laughs> like saying, no, I'm not going to sacrifice my body and my mind for a medal. Um. But there's stories like that. Uh, there's, there's all kind of stories like that of different Olympians who have who have broken themselves during the game, um, uh-huh. and that's it. Like their whole careers are over. Like they're gone. Or uh, there was this one gymnastics girl who went. I think it's just Soviet. She went paraplegic. Um, oh really? Uh, sorry, not paraplegic. Quadriplegic. So quadriplegic for the rest of her life. Uh, wow. You know. Um, during the Olympics games because she just pushed her body after she thought it was, she was uncomfortable and and coaches and you know sponsors pu- pushed her and pushed her and she ke- went into the competition and ended up hurting herself and like that was 
And you're just like, <laughs> no, 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 not, not worth it. Not worth it. It's a weird thing for sure. It, what's really strange is also uh, watching it when there's no one in the stand. Mm-hmm. It's just bizarre. It's a little bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it, it is a little bizarre. There's no fervor, like there's no, it's just like the cameras and, you know, other 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 athletes, you know, that's pretty much it, watching you. Um, uh-huh. And here's the other thing for Simone Biles. It's not like anybody has any question in their mind of how strong she is as, as a gymnast. She's won so many competitions. Is this the the short African American girl? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. She she's like actually considered the greatest Olympian so far. Like like I know Phelps is crazy, but like they're talking about how like her progression at the, this point in her career, she's actually going to outdo him. Is well, I, anyway. I don't think she can ever outpace Phelps because unlike swimming, gymnastics is a very short shelf life. You can't mm. you can't do a lot of you can't keep going back to the games. Um, but what she she's considered the greatest gymnast of all time already without the Olympics mm-hmm. because of all the international competitions she's won. Like she's completely yeah. like her dominance in every international competition for the past like eight years or something has been complete and total. So the Olympics was really just a place for the greatest of all time to do gymnastics some more. And that's what yeah. and that's what people don't understand is because they don't watch gymnastic competitions all the time. But she's yeah, already like super young people. Yeah, she's she's already crushed the gymnastics world completely. She set yeah. every record for the gymnastics world. And so if she decides that during the Olympic Games she doesn't feel fit to do it, she, who cares? Like she the like it does, that, that diminishes her accomplishments in no way. The only thing it could do is it could potentially let down the possibility for the rest of the team. It's it's possible, like they got the silver medal. So the only thing it could do is it could impact the team standings, but that's the only thing it could do. It can't like diminish what Simone Biles does. Mm-hmm. Pulling out of one competition because she thought she might get hurt, like that's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She are, she's already beat all those people many many times. It's all the same people, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had to step away there. I, I had to do a shitload of typing, and I did not want you guys to hear me fucking drum rolling in the background. Yeah. But I'm very much a, I'm ve- I'm very much a. Um, I'll I'll always be in the corner of the athlete always when they make a decision for themselves like that. Um, because mm-hmm. I've seen too many situations personally in my life, and and then also watching it, you know, where, where young people push themselves or are pushed by adults. Yeah, I saw that clip you were talking about where the the coach is like, "Yeah, do it!" And like she clearly has damage to her leg yeah. and like does the flip and lands it, and then like is carried off the mat. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I mean, yeah, that's a legendary moment, but like that's kind of dark too, considering these are unpaid athletes. Yeah, like she literally just ruined, like she maimed herself mm-hmm. for an unpaid volunteer role. Mm-hmm. Like that's like think about that in any other context. Remove Olympics from it; it's ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, the the coach 
that told her to do it, he goes on for the rest of his life being a professional coach, right? He yeah. he, he was he used to making money. Like yeah. sacri- sac- her sacrificing her body didn't diminish his career at all. Gonna not make a joke about Olympic coaches right now. Yeah, and it, yeah, you and then you <laughs> to put on top of all that, then you layer on the whole sexual abuse thing, right? You layer yeah. all that. You just put a like, and, and, and even if this situation with Simone has absolutely nothing to do with it, it's just another layer of of mistreatment and and you know discontentment that and, and pressure, right? That you don't need mm-hmm. when you're trying to do something that you enjoy or trying to be the best in the world. Like you don't need that, also. I. I, I'm I'm always whenever somebody wants to be a competitor and that kind of stuff. I always I always assume they're being if if a young person is competing in a sport, I assume that they are being uh, uh, mistreated in some way, and I assume that they are getting the short end of the stick. I just make that assumption. Um, yeah. Maybe one day somebody will point to me the young competitor that has their finger on the button and ever, no isn't being manipulated or taken advantage of in any way, and I'll go all right. <laughs> I, we found it. There they Have are. Have you seen Frank's Little Darlings? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Frank's Little Darlings. That's what it is. Because he, he doesn't do the kids. That, that little boy in the beauty pageant, he was there for himself. Yeah. He was very excited. <laughs> I guess... They're the one the one kind of kid like that that I have seen before that just seems like they're just like they just have every every uh, uh, every security in the world. Maybe I'm wrong. Is uh, winter games like half pipers? Like those oh, yeah. those kids those like those those half pipe kids. I one time we were watching the Winter Olympics and they were showing. He's, the the kid was like he's like how are you you know you're doing this you're so young you're only 15 years old and you're at the Olympics how is this he goes well I have a half pipe in my backyard and so Sarah and I both pictured like he must live in Montana or something and he must like pile a bunch of snow or maybe they dug a big hole with him and his brother they show his house it's like a palatial a mansion yeah <laughs> in Breckenridge yeah. they have they own 30 acres. The half pipe is in his backyard. They don't just have a half pipe. They have a downhill slope that's the backyard to the house. The house looks like a lodge, like a ski lodge. Mm-hmm. Like, they they walk up the hill in the morning and just come down the, you know, they just go up and down the hill all day long and then, you know, sip hot cocoa in their multi-million dollar mansion. Mm-hmm. And... And, and then you go, oh, <laughs> like that's how the, that's why this kid is, you know, 15 years old trying to get a gold medal at the Olympics because he's never had to worry about a damn thing in his entire <laughs> life for any reason. Like, yeah. yeah, the only thing he's ever had to do is snowboard whenever he wants in his backyard. So mm-hmm. so that that it's explains the, a lot. It's the, the hockey thing. Richard's always going on about hockey. But the one thing you said that was interesting is like you can tell who's going to be a good hockey player just looking at their like information sheet on the person do you know do you know which stat is the most important for if they're going to be good at hockey is their birthday right it's their birthday yeah because yeah. they get into hockey and they're placed in a younger age bracket based mm-hmm. on when they're if their date of birth is on which side of the line right and the so basically it, i can't remember where the line is but it's not at december 31st it's like somewhere in July, I think. Mm-hmm. So if you're born the day before the cutoff or the day after the cutoff, you get dropped down an age bracket 
And so you just have an extra nine months practice on everybody. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you become the starter. And then because of that, you get more practice than anybody Mm -hmm. against better competition. And your experience just compounds and compounds and compounds. And that's how you get like Wayne Gretzky like type people. Right. It's just because like, well, they've been doing it for the last 30 years, basically, compared to everybody else. Yeah. When they take the NHL and the is Canadian Hockey League, is that also NHL? Is is it is or is a different hockey league? They have a separate hockey league, yeah. I believe. But if you take those leagues and they they did big stu- they did a big data study of like what was what makes a real hockey star, mm-hmm. and it was a weird number of people all born in the same month. <laughs> it was just like, yeah, why? Why it's is like, well, that? Well, you were born in like July. You yeah. win at hockey, and you're like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, like is this like a fucking astral sign? What the fuck's yeah. going on? <laughs> but as it turns out, if you're born if you're born uh, with a multi million dollar parachute in Breckenridge and you have a downhill slope half pipe in your backyard then yeah you get to eventually go to the winter games because you're pretty good at snowboarding as it turns out alright let's get into this because we, we've stalled for long enough Jeremy's already sleepy I can see it in his face Yep. we got an awesome topic and I want Jeremy's input so Jeremy stick with us we're coming in I'm, let's go falser statement never spoken I want to I wanna know I want to know what Jeremy thinks about Blazer. Can I? Blazer. Oh, Taser. Acer. Taser right. face. <laughs> Nuggeted that bitch. <laughs> The, the other episode option name was uh, Why Is Everyone Naked? It both would have been very applicable after this episode. Oh, oh my God. I wish it could be a... Oh, man, maybe we can do a, a dual episode name. Like, in parentheses, to the break of dawn. Like, mm. you know, Parker knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Woo. I'm going to do that. We're going to have a dual episode. Or we're going to have an episode sub-name. Oh, Jesus. That was good. That was a good, good stuff. We kind of wandered there for a bit in the middle, but well, I felt like I, it was I, I like that topic because uh... I felt like we kept getting to a close spot, and then one of us would take a tangent or some random like like segue to a slightly different topic, and we would we would separate again. Well, we were trying to. Took... De- we were trying to describe something that was really hard to describe, which is why is it that some affiliate you know why is it that some affiliations feel so so difficult to pin down and, and and that's got it i liked it i like i think we should definitely just call uh spider foes the UEO faction because they're all going to be very proud about what they have and yell repeatedly that you've activated their trap yeah <laughs> it's going to be amazing like they're the people that like to yell at you like whatever their shit does like you've never played the game before mm-hmm. I, I like to refer to these people as Yu-Gi-Oh players because it's if you've ever been to a Yu-Gi-Oh tournament, unfortunately, it tends to be a lot of very socially awkward, like, young adults who think that you play the card game like you watch the TV show. And in the TV show, they're constantly announcing how badass their shit is to each other and then making completely, like, random seg- statements about dumb shit that everybody knows. Like, it's a big deal. Huh. It's like... 
Ah, the moon has summoned more water for my fish creatures. Prepare to be destroyed. They think this is how people talk to each other. <laughs> and so they go to a tournament. And then they're like, ah, I played the moon. And you're like, that's not how you act in public. Like, you, you can't do that. You, no one's going to ever speak to you. <laughs> like, like, they're going to leave the room as soon as they see you're there. Like, you can't do that. And so, unfortunately, this... It's not just Yu-Gi-Oh! I just say Yu-Gi-Oh! Because everyone... Once I explain to everybody, it's like, yeah, I've seen an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! I understand that's how that works. Uh, it, even more so than, like, the Pokemon TV show. Yeah, yeah, people so who, yeah, people who I like just, Pokemon don't. Yeah, it's like, 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 Pokemon, like Pokemon, they have, like, reasonable volume conversations with each other yeah. occasionally. <laughs> it's like, they'll yell, like, they're yelling commands to their Pokemon, not screaming at each other that my space marines have leadership hate! So you're like, I... <laughs> I don't understand how this is news. I've been playing this game since before you were alive. And so, like, it just moves on to the next topic. But they never get it. Like, they just don't get that it's not a fact-screaming battle. It is a, like, game between two people. And so, yeah, a lot of the time you'll you'll see... And, like, the, the most famous example at the store, because this gets brought up a lot, we end up going back to the example. There's a scene in the first episode of Yu-Gi-Oh! where the, the fish guy plays the moon card. It summons more, it summons tides, and so his fish creatures are really powerful. So he's running Yu-Gi over, and then Yu-Gi plays the, uh, the giant stone soldier. And he's like, oh, my fish can defeat a stupid stone monster. He's like, oh, yeah? I order him to attack? the moon and he pulls out his sword <laughs> and he stabs the moon and the moon breaks the water subsides and all the fish die <laughs> it's the most ridiculous scene i've ever seen because they this was before the producers got feedback from the customers because because the show came out in the u.s right before the game launched in the u.s and so a lot of kids around my age bracket were watching the show like Saturday mornings and then the card game came out like we can play the card game that's on TV. We lost our fucking shit over it. Like it was such a big deal. And uh, and so that scene like that was one of the times in the show where they just didn't do what the cards do and the kids hated it cuz like I don't understand. It's just stone soldier can't attack the moon. It doesn't have hit points. Like it's these are all cards in the game. Like that's not how it works, and it really frustrated people. <laughs> and so from then on, they got the feedback that kids didn't like the the action in the show not matching what happens in the card game. And so from then, they had to do what the card said. From then on, it was a really big deal. Hmm. <laughs> it like totally changed the the formatting of the show. And so yeah, it is pretty funny. But yeah, so I refer to a lot of 40k players and other games as well as Yu-Gi-Oh players when they just scream like facts at you, like you're completely oblivious. I He's like, "All right, uh, I'm gonna roll for my you know orc boys to charge your uh, Tau fire warriors. I'm gonna Overwatch you because my guys have machine guns." You're like, "I yeah, I know. I expected this to happen. Like that's when I said I'm gonna charge you. I assumed that's what's like. No, okay, you're just gonna yell at me. All right, like that's just like how you have to suffer through a game. It's really unfortunate. <laughs> I don't know how to bring up to a person that they're being a Yu-Gi-Oh player without just saying you're a dumbass and don't do that. It's really it's a really hard topic to to approach with people. <laughs> what do you think, Jeremy? Have you ever played a Yu-Gi-Oh player? Uh, I have not. What? Never? No. Well, well, of course I've played the people that are that act like that. Sure, a few. Not many though. Yeah, I mean, we we generally leave the games that they're in, unfortunately. <laughs> 
Like you kind of run away. Well, it's kind of like we, I've talked about this before, I think on the podcast, but it's the barrier to entry concept. The, the easier it is to play a game, the more, uh, yeah. Dipshits join your game. Kind of like, like world of Warcraft or league of legends. Like these games have zero barrier to entry. It costs nothing to start playing them. There's no learning curve really. And so you just jump in and start being an asshole to people. Cause it costs you nothing. And so just like, like, uh, Call of Duty is another perfect example. Where are you going to meet more 14 year old dickheads than on Call of Duty, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, that's where they are. Cause there's cost them nothing where they to are. This game. They grow that's where they are. It's like a breeding ground. Yeah. Because there's no barrier to entry. There's no punishments. And so in a, in a very advanced game, like War Machine or, um, like Netrunner or, any basically difficult game that takes that has a long learning curve like takes six months or so to get to the point where you're a competent player any of those games they don't they don't survive because they join have zero success in the first month and they give up and quit and go do something else because they they Mm -hmm. don't want to put the effort in to learn which is the same they don't want to put the effort in to learn how to socialize with their opponents and that's at least the way i've always perceived it and being that i i spend you know 40 hours a week at a game store i see a lot of it Sounds sounds terrible. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I see a lot of moon attacks happen. Just saying. <laughs> a lot of moon attacks. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of moon attacks. I could point out to you ten people on a Saturday that are Yu-Gi-Oh players. <laughs> Jesus. So if you ever find yourself screaming the name of your rules at your, oppo- at your opponent non-ironically and he's not laughing, you should probably stop. 